Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Visit fergusonshowrooms.com to shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to meet with our experts at your local Ferguson bath, kitchen, and lighting gallery. Together, we'll help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in. Get started on your project and discover extraordinary products like the Pro Grand Range by Thermidor. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. This is DC On Screen. Programming note. Christopher Nolan's controversial quotes regarding Warner Brothers' 2021 slate releasing same day on HBO Max dropped while we were recording. Here's a brief snippet of our initial thoughts. Oh, man. What it is? I just actually saw some of these Nolan comments. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. Tone deaf as balls. Yeah. It's like, oh my lord, Just he calls HBO Max the worst streaming service. Their decision makes no economic sense. Dude. The fuck he, it doesn't. Are you- he, he forced them to put freaking Tenet out in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. He was, he's the reason this is happening mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like, what an idiot. I just, I, I, more and more reasons to dislike this guy. I, I'm never going to see Tenet at this point. I didn't care enough before. I don't care enough about him as a filmmaker. He made both one of the best movies I've ever seen. That also, by the way, as you and I went through for about three hours, has many problems. And (laughs) made another four hours of content for us that we honestly cut in half. Fuck that guy. Mm -hmm. We'll get into Nolan's full quotes and all that folder all next week. Now as for this week... You can only buy one Bugatti per per film now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to completely get on board with <laughs> with the fuck the rich sentiment, but I I, I get it. <laughs> All that, then a little more. Right after these ads from somebody that we have no control over. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th.
Welcome to DC On Screen episode 620. This is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game. So beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, and this, the man who orchestrated the Utah monolith hoax subconsciously through a lucid dream, Jason Goss. <laughs> That's pretty good. Fun night. <laughs> yeah, I had fun writing that one. Mm-hmm. I think somebody did triangulate all three positions, and it was some uh, oh, something real stupid, like a Best Buy or some shit. Just something ridiculous. That is really great. <clears throat> Maybe it's even a fast food restaurant or something. It was yeah. meaningless. Abs- utterly meaningless. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been pretty pleased with all of that. Did you see the last installment on that um, in California? Yes. Yes, I did. Where it got ripped down? Yeah. Well, I mean, it got ripped down in Utah, too. Like, a guy like, had pictures of some random-ass dude showing up in a truck and just, like, deconstructing the shit and, like, covering their tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's pretty funny. Now, the one in South Carolina, or South California uh, just got, like, it, like, people drove, like, 200 miles to destroy it mm-hmm. because they wouldn't bow down to our alien overlords or some shit. Oh, like God. just true crazy people stuff. Oh man! Well, did you did you see the thing that just uh, d- just happened about the? Uh, <sighs> it was the Israeli guy, space security chief, uh, former space security chief. Uh, what was his name? Ashed. He says that uh, we've been in Israel's been in contact with the aliens. <laughs> the, the of monolith fame? No, no, oh. not necessarily them. Okay, just in general. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't find it now. One of the world's oldest civilizations? Sure, why not? I mean, yeah, why? (laughs) That would seem to be relevant if it was an alien society. Well, who's actually been here the longest? Well, these five-ish. All right. Yeah. Says the aliens are hiding. That's what he's claiming. Because humanity's not ready. That's what he would say. Well, yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's probably true. Also, I feel like I've seen a movie about that, maybe in 2013. Hmm. Hmm. Can't put my finger on it. Hmm. 2013? Mm-hmm. Are some, you being facetious about not about being a, able to put your finger on Something about a dude of iron, maybe, or... A dude of iron? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Man of Steel. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Iron Man. I'm like, that was 2008. What are you <laughs> talking about? He wasn't yeah, an alien. Iron was a good word choice there, but still. <laughs> All right, before we jump into the news, because we do have a kind of a lot. We didn't, we didn't show up last week. Jason was busy. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we jump into that, I do want to thank the patrons. Um, one dollar a month gets you every episode ad free. Five dollars a month gets you that plus whatever else we decide to put up. And uh, it looks like I'll be putting up something special this month for Christmas. Nice. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. Huh. We don't I also to. don't want to promise too much because I've intended to do it every year. Oh, one of those. that we've been doing it. It's produced. It's sitting here. I just always forget. Ah, okay. Well, I'll try to remind you. Try to remind me. I'll try to stay on top of that one this time. (laughs) Uh, If you don't want to deal with Patreon, if you're just like, I don't understand. uh, Or if you already do deal with Patreon and you want to help us out like a certain patron that we're very thankful to, Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to DCOnScreen.com and click the donate button. Mm -hmm. And uh, that'll take you to a little PayPal donate screen. And you can set it up to subscribe to that and it'll just take take money out of your account every every month and go directly to us or you could do a one-time thing and uh everything is appreciated of course and um 
If you want to support the show and get some swag for it, I remembered this week we have a merch store. Mm-hmm. And I decided to go ahead and link it to dconscreen.com. It is right next to the donate button. It says store. <laughs> Straightforward <laughs> enough. And you can get some t-shirts and and uh, tapestries or some crap. I don't know, mugs and whatnot. Uh, iPhone cases. And, of course, if you don't want to spend any money on us, but you still want to support us, you can always share us on social media and uh, leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Totally free. Uh, And one more announcement. We are in more places. We are now on Amazon Music and Audible. Mm -hmm. Which is strange for me to find podcasts at all on Audible, first of all, and then. (sighs) Well, I was wondering about it because Kevin Hart kept saying it on the commercial. Yeah. And then his dog went into that other guy's house and I got distracted and was like, how is that even happening? Oh, I get it. <laughs> I haven't heard any of that. I just saw like I was listening to Malcolm Gladwell or some shit and looked in and it was like, what kind of podcast would you like to listen to? And I'm like, that's not for you. You're mine. <laughs> you're eight hours at a time, not 30 to an hour and a half at a time. <laughs> or if you're listening to Joe Rogan, eight hours at a time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Or I didn't tell you about this. I found a, uh, I, I've seen this book around for a long time, but I never actually stopped to grab it. And I finally was like, oh, man, I, I really need to do this. And then found uh, a copy of it online that had 1,700 pages. Mm. And I thought, Jesus, that's insane. And it's it's only volume one up to 1962, but it's like called Tune In by Mark Lewis. And it's the, it's, it's uh, I mean, because it's Lewis and because it's, you know, that thorough, it's going to end up being probably the most thorough Beatles uh, biography I've ever read. And so mm-hmm. far is um, like, I know what their grandparents were up to. Oh, gosh. Saucy characters, a lot of them. Um, but I, th- like the the version of the book that you could get that was just like the regular version, the not deluxe was still 800 pages. And I don't know which version was available on Audible, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend a credit on this. Mm-hmm. 43 hours. The book is 43 hours. That's not OK. <laughs> I was delighted. <laughs> I was like, this is my next two months. Hell what will, yes. What will one of these exhaustive uh, autobiographies look like in the future? Where it's just like. Oh, mind you, this on, was volume one. Yeah. On December, you know, on December 7th, Paul had what appeared to be a, a piece of king cake that he posted on Instagram. Oh, what's crazy and, is so far it's all very like uh, detailed and actually kind of oriented toward like, well, you know, where did they pick up certain proclivities and. Where did, uh, you know, Lennon got his first harmonica a certain way and then even referencing in a, a later interview where he was like, oh, it was a, it was a bright day that one, you know. Uh, it's, it's actually just all very, very relevant stuff. George found his first guitar pick inside of a hooker's vagina. <laughs> yeah. It was like even George, you know, like George, them trying to get him, George to go to church when he was young and then interviews later where he was like, I just didn't get the whole, you know, organized thing, but... You know, he put it, it was like, oh, I saw that guy walking up, uh, walking up with the cross, you know, and it was, was something to that. But all these folks, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just kind of like bailed on the whole thing. Like, oh, I don't know. It was, it was, it's already interesting. I'm like a few hours in and, and way more enthralled than I expected. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I expected you to be very enthralled by that. So, well, even, I mean, you know, 43 hours for me and as many biographies as I've read, it was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. You know, like surely they're just going to be retreading some stuff here and there. I'm like, no, I'm genuinely just no. And then got into and, a couple other things where I was like, like he'd go into detail, like, uh, you know, it'd be 20 minutes of him talking about one minor incident that happened where I was like, I did have questions about that. <laughs> that did seem like they glossed <laughs> over that when I read about it earlier. Yeah. So, anyway. uh, you know, for all of you people out there listening, um, 
I implore you to remember 43 hours mm-hmm. every time you hear Jason say, I don't have time. <laughs> because I'm sure as hell going to remember it. Usually it's, I don't have time to put things into my brain. Well, like I can put that into my brain while my hands are doing other things. And it'll slide right into my head right before I utter you son of a bitch. <laughs> it, actually, I saw this. This was this was uh, really well put by somebody. Like it was just some fucking Twitter post or something. But somebody said, like, you ever watch something and you're like, I only have thirty percent of my brain available, and I can't watch this show right now because this this show is going to require at least sixty percent of the sh- of my brain. So I'm going to mm-hmm. have to switch to something else. And I, I hadn't heard it phrased that way, but I do that a lot. Where I'm like watching, I'm like, I don't have time to pay enough attention right now. Yeah, no, I do that. I'm gonna have to backburn to this. Let's go. Uh, let's go rewatch some Rick and Morty. Yeah, I got to be careful because I'll stuff like Rick and Morty. I'll just oh, wind yeah. up sitting there just l- letting it engulf me. Like I, I don't care how many times I've seen it. I'll just sit there and stare and like it's it's bad. It's bad. Like Bethany, Bethany will throw on something like that in the background and she'll be telling me a story. She'll have it muted and then realize I'm not listening because I'm staring at the screen. Like because <laughs> you, 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 you kind of know the dialogue and you're just a watching. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, what is, what's going to happen now? Like I already know what's going to happen now, Dave. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, I did that. The like I was just half paying attention the other day because I was I put on Watchmen in the background, <laughs> and I was just I mean barely paying attention, and then <laughs> like something would happen, and you know it'd be one of those lines or something like that where I would just be like I'd be do folding laundry, not even watching the screen, blah 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 blah. You don't understand. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Still completely paying attention, I guess, on one trail because I was like, I, you know, I knew when the line was coming. Uh huh. Naturally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Without condoning or condemning, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Let's let's do some of this news, man. All let's right. do some of this news. Get into uh, it. All right. So I'm assuming you've heard that Joss Whedon exited the the Nevers from HBO Max. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Well. HBO said, we have parted ways with Joss Whedon. Mm -hmm. We remain excited about the future of the Nevers and look forward to his premiere in the summer of 2021. And, uh, you know, (sighs) longtime Whedon collaborators, uh, Jane Espenson and Doug Petrie, were also writing, and uh, Bernie Caulfield, uh, who is executive producing. Uh, Let's see. They said, uh, this this year of unprecedented challenges has impacted my life and... Oh, no, sorry. This was Whedon. Sorry. What Ah. am I doing? Ah. I don't know what I'm doing. All right, go ahead. Okay, so the show is still going to be run by by longtime Whedon collaborators, uh, Jane S. Benson and Doug Petrie, who are also writing, and uh, Bernie Caulfield, who is executive producing. There we go. But, you know, Whedon came out and said, this year of unprecedented challenges has impacted my life. And perspective in ways I could never have imagined, I bet. And while mm-hmm. developing and producing the Nevers has been a joyful experience, I realize that the level of commitment required moving forward, combined with the physical challenges of making such a huge show during a global pandemic, is more than I can handle without the work beginning to suffer. I am genuinely exhausted, and am stepping back to marshal my energy towards my own life, which is also at the brink of exciting change. I am deeply proud of the work we have done. I'm grateful to all of my extraordinary cast and collaborators and to HBO for the opportunity to shape yet another strange world. The Nevers is a true labor of love, and after two plus years of labor, love is about all I have to offer. It will Mm. never fade. Uh, And, you know... That is a man who is no longer writing his own PR. That's right. That doesn't even sound like we... Doesn't even sound like him. If it's not a man who's writing his PR, that is a man who has been in 
a lot of very intensive therapy in the last several months. Or, or intensive a combination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, he might, I mean, and, and good for him if he is, he clearly needs it, but he, he really legit might be seeing somebody. I mean, I'm sure he is. But uh, Ray Fisher said, I have no intention of allowing Joss Whedon to use the old Hollywood tactic of exiting, stepping down, or walking away to cover for his terrible behavior. Warner Media's Justice League investigation has been in full swing for over three weeks now. This is undoubtedly a result of it. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I mean, I, yeah. That's the first expand, thing I thought. I do. I actually really do hope he's in therapy because based on what I've heard, he clearly has needed it for some time. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean he's not accountable. You yeah, still get. No. You still got to deal with the shit you did. Yeah, you're still the jelly bean king. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have mentioned Rick and Morty. I feel like you're just gonna be like littering well, us with like with those references for now. No, maybe not. I just couldn't help it in the moment. I couldn't help but equate his actions, his behavior, his "Hey, I'm a good guy," and then all of a sudden, I'm gonna try to have my way with you in a bathroom stall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Behavior. And quite frankly, his uh, his physical looks with the Jelly Bean King. Like I just uh, from Rick and Morty. Like you just put the Jelly Bean King's head on top of Whedon's body. He still just looks like Joss Whedon. So I, I don't remember well enough, but I'm not going to fight you on it. Also, uh, you remember the end of the episode where they like they actually do find the photos and they're like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh huh. But I think it, the the big derivation, hopefully, is that in that episode they find the photos and and they're like, oh god, he wasn't who he thought he was, and then that they decide like the people can never know and they burn the whole box of photos. Yeah. Whereas here, Ray Fisher grabbed the photos and fucking ran towards the nearest lawyer's office and said, "Nope, I got him now, bitches." Yep. You go, Ray. You <laughs> I'm do it. Show shit, everybody. Do that shit, Ray. Do yeah, it, man. Just like just like before you got all cyborged and you were with the football and, and the Snyder cut that I haven't seen yet. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Um, you know, and I don't know if it'd be him or Ezra that grabbed the box and ran. I feel like both of them could outrun Whedon. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like though, like, Ezra may not have good cardio for some reason. Right. Seems yeah. Seems like one so, of those guys that's naturally skinny. Doesn't have to do that a lot. Right. I think my play would be, Ray, take the pictures. Run to the lawyer. I think Ray Fisher's probably in the best shape to, like, if I had to pick somebody, like, Ray, you're fucking 6'3", and you look like you played football. Go. Go, man, right. go. Right. Go, man, go. Ezra, choke <laughs> Whedon out. Make sure he doesn't. <laughs> Ezra, I need you to go stand behind him. Ben, push him. Or go go to that thing where you kneel behind him, you know, and quietly. <laughs> Just go choke slam up against the wall and <laughs> make sure no one's recording you this time. Yeah. Oh, Gal, get oh, out of the room. Ezra. We made you a promise. Oh, Ezra. Anyway. <laughs> One um, of our worst sidebars. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> terrible about everything that just happened. Please move that on. Was, that, was, that was close to Orson Welles. Yes. <laughs> um, Warner Brothers mm-hmm. uh, made some big waves, man. They, they're releasing all of their 2021 movies on HBO Max <laughs> same day as, as the theatrical release. Uh, and it's going to be the same as Wonder Woman 84. You don't have to pay extra. You just have to be an HBO subscriber. There's there's a lot that I'm curious about, and I and I'm I'm just gonna try to like stay quiet as much as I can because I have so many questions that I feel like you're gonna answer. Uh, yeah, probably. <clears throat> uh, because there was in particular uh, an article that you've read I haven't yet. Right. But um, I just also have so many thoughts on this. All right, so l- l- let's get into this a little bit here. Um, 
Now, of course, it you know the move the movie theaters are pretty much remaining closed. So I mean, I yeah, mean, they're they're closed until good lord we learn otherwise. Like we don't have there's no date in in mind yet. There are a few that are open, but I mean it's it's very <clears throat> limited. And also, Tenant did not do well. No one's going to the yeah. theater. Um, it says uh, every WB movie set to hit theaters in 2021 will be following the release model of Wonder Woman 1984, which by the way is only only going to be on HBO Max streaming for a month okay for one month and then it'll go to like vod and shit uh they will be they will still be released in whatever theaters are open but they will also debut on hbo max the same day this includes the suicide squad the matrix 4 dune the mini saints of newark in the heights space jam a new legacy mortal Kombat, godzilla versus kong i mean it's like 17 different movies um some of which there is no way i would have seen without this being an option no, no. And that's that's a, an important thing to remember is I I would have not gone to the theaters for most of these. Yeah, like I'm, I will probably watch them all. But now yeah. you're telling me I can sit at home and watch a Mortal Kombat movie? Oh, fuck yeah. I'm yeah. popping the corn right now. Yeah. I mean, I won't watch Godzilla versus Kong, but. I'll even watch that one. Hell, I, I might I watch wouldn't. Tom and Jerry. Mm, are, they, are, they, are they talking? Do you know? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't like when they talk. I would think I would like the movie more if it was an hour and 20 uh, and they never said a word. Yeah. Like other than I, I, some like, you know, expulsions kind of, you know, oof, yeah, that kind of stuff. I know in like the late 90s, early 2000s, they did a movie where they talked and I was just like, yeah, I'm not on board for that. Ruin the magic. I want I want two hours of them chasing each other around and outwitting them. Like, oh, gosh, Tom. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Warner Brothers is stressing that this will not be permanent. Only 2021 films are a part of this plan which is in direct response to the ongoing pandemic. There are no plans to continue this wave in 2022, at least for now. Look, I don't believe that it's not the plan. I just don't. I just don't. I I, I think that it will probably have to do heavily with how well this does for, me, for HBO Max. But ah, it, this doesn't feel like it's, I mean. No, I mean. It, Pandora's box has been opened. <laughs> there. The two thoughts that are, are going to pervade my thinking here are like, <clears throat> you know, we, there's three viable vaccines that are about to hit the market. Yeah. When you do the math on how that's going to work, though, it's mm-hmm. we're not we're not out of this by a long shot yet. Mm-mm. And it's no. it is getting cold and it's not getting better. So uh, vaccines aside and sure, for sure, they're definitely going to help. But we're not it's going to be months before we start to really know maybe when we're going to see the end of this before we have a clearer picture. I. I just a guess, I figure March before we have really, really kind of know where we stand. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, because there's other things. Like, there's all the other companies are still working. Everybody wants a piece of the vaccine action as far as, like, getting it out there. If nothing, if, you know, for historical and or monetary reasons, like, there, there's a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, a lot of variables as to, like, when will theaters maybe be able to open again? Well, I don't know. No one knows. No one fucking knows. We know it's not in 2021, like not widespread. We're not going to have a normal theater experience in 2021. That That's no. a pretty good fucking bet. Yeah. So the other, the other question is like, well, if they try this and it works to some extent, yeah, I, it, I'm, I'm just, I'm with you. I'm not buying that it's, that it's not, you know, not exactly the end game, I guess, mm-hmm. but that, that this isn't maybe part of the picture of how things are going to move forward. Because you and I have been talking for what three, four years now about how like the theater model is not sustainable. No, it wasn't before COVID. Yeah, dude. I mean, be- before uh, <laughs> before the virus ever evolved, the- it was already a, a 
I don't know. It was already an unsustainable model in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot to be said for it. There's all kinds of, it, that's a whole argument by itself. But it was always kind of, it was making money, but just barely finding a way to make money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more and more people complaining about how it cost them 200 fucking dollars to take, you know, them and two kids out at this point and it just not being worth it anymore. Yeah. And with the rise of streaming, like, yeah, dude, uh, sorry, just the market's changed so much. And this was, you know, what they'd call a catalyst. Uh, and there are plenty of people pointing out, a like, disruptor. Oh, you got in-game making $2 billion. <laughs> Look at all these record-breaking. Yes, there were record-breaking box office totals, but at the same time. They're upping their prices. Yeah, I but mean, com- guys, I mean, compared, the, look. But that doesn't affect their business model. Their business model is shit. It always has been. Like movie theater's been going downhill for years. Let me years. Right, let me let me run this by you. Uh, production budget for Tenant, two hundred five mm-hmm. million mm-hmm. worldwide. <laughs> worldwide box office for that movie was one point eight times that. Mm-hmm. Like they made 359, they spent 205. And the 205 is not all inclusive. It's just not. There's there's more that goes into that. It's probably honestly a lot closer to 250 or three. Like they didn't make any money. All they did was prove that money that money could not be made with a theatrical release right now. That's all they proved. Yep. So for Christopher Nolan, of all people to be mad about this, absolutely go climb a rope, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't I haven't heard anything from him except the whine about precedent and stuff, but He's going to do that anyway. I saw a few quotes just glancing through my phone right before we were like, while we were getting set up and I was like, man, just, you got, sorry, like this isn't like this. First of all, this may not be the end. So it may be supplementary. It may be literally just a stopgap measure because they have to find a way to get some stuff in. Because what what else are you going to do? Are you going to, how, how many of it? 16 movies that they're already in? 17. 17? Is, yeah. And are you going to like release one every week for the first quarter of 2022 and try to make that up? Are you going to make everyone wait for John Wick 4 for another two years? No, you're not going to make any fucking money that way. Like you're, It's not going to happen. You just don't, you can't pretend it's going to happen. You, you're going to have to make as, you're going to have to do the best you can with what you got for now. If things change, we can maybe go back to some version of the other stuff, but it's just not realistic. Hey, look, man, you know, I don't personally care for the theatrical experience necessarily. I like seeing it on a big, big screen, but also I don't like being around people. Um, There's I don't a like that. I don't like that variable. I don't like how, you know, you know, we went to a movie theater to see the Avengers and their freaking heads were cut off. Like, oh, it was, it was awful. Badly. It was Bad. a ter- terrible experience. And you never have control over that shit. And I don't like that. I like to have control. I, I would cut down on, you know, uh, size of screen and massive ear splitting freaking speaker systems if I could just have control. I don't need all that horrible loud noise anyway but i'm an well, old man that, I'm, it's I'm, always I'm, mixed a little weird for me just for my taste <laughs> yeah yeah i agree um, with that too th- there's a um, dy- and there's a lot to be said for dynamics trust me i, I get it you know I've, I've listened to all the 60s music as well mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of it obviously not all but I, I understand the importance of dynamics in music i get it i get the importance of dynamics in the soundtrack of a movie i get that too mm-hmm. or the score of a movie or just even the fucking uh, sound design and folio of the movie I get it. But in a theater, it does feel like when the action's big enough, you literally can't hear some things. And this is not with all movies, mind you. But sometimes it gets to a point where the it's so overmixed and over like saturated in the, the big points that you can't even completely distinguish what's going on. And then it gets down to the fine points and you're like craning your ear to figure out what two people are talking about. Yeah. And that to me has always been a bigger problem at home because I've 
it's partly on me for sure. I've never spent enough money to make sure that my like sound system that I was watching movies on was so good that it couldn't it couldn't be flawed. Mm -hmm. Same time, I've had times where I've had literally studio quality monitors set up to this thing, and I've had the same problem. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. There's just there's a lot that you could tweak at home. There's a lot you could personalize to the experience. There's there, there's a lot on the table for people. Mm -hmm. and, but I think that should be there though. And as for theaters, uh, desperation breeds innovation. Mm -hmm. So if you know, we we have a lot of theater, uh, or we have a lot of filmmakers who are, you know pitching their little fits and this is not big they say that is we'll get to it but they i'm telling you they're saying it's for artistic reasons and maybe it is maybe for someone like nolan it is but a lot of these people just want their back in that's yeah, what <laughs> nolan's another one of those where it's like he'll say it's for artistic purposes and like yes a lot of his movies look fantastic but they sound like shit they, and they, his action is shit and, well, there's that a little bit but i go back and forth like he's got he's impressed me sometimes and other times I'm, it falls flat for me whatever just a subjective thing but honestly a lot of his movies i cannot fucking tell what they're saying yeah like bane was i, I don't know like the the jump the shark moment for me where i was like i wanted captions while he was speaking english on the fucking screen yeah yeah i, I feel you man anyway so anyway uh yeah all right. I don't know where I'm at. Um, <laughs> Somewhere after me bitching and on to the next thing I'm going to bitch about. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Ann Sarnoff, CEO and Warner Media Chair, said, We're living in unprecedented times which call for creative solutions, including this new initiative for the Warner Brothers Pictures Group. No one wants films back on the big screen more than we do. We know new content is the lifeblood of theatrical exhibition, but we have to balance this with the reality that most theaters in the U.S. will likely operate at reduced capacity throughout 2021. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, now, again, Tenet made $80 million domestically. Uh, a new report from Bloomberg says that uh, Warner Media boss Jason Kilar's plot to make his uh, unprecedented move, which received much resistance internally mm -hmm. uh, from a parent company, AT&T. But uh, the f frequent collaborator Jason Blum said it was a bold move that could pay off in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. HBO Max just laid down the gauntlet. There's no other way to say it. If you want to keep up with pop culture, you will want to see those movies and subscribe to HBO Max. I think he's absolutely right. Um, yeah, it's, and, it's going to be a test. It's it's a really nice natural experiment. And according to this report, Hollywood was shocked by the move. Many executives, filmmakers, actors, crew members, and everyone down the line to receive a smaller paycheck without the promise of typical box office returns were upset by this thing. Um <laughs> and if, but, uh, you know, with the pandemic still gone, you know, going on, there, there's no way to, to know uh, yeah, that any of these films would be able to be seen anyway. Like in a world where it was released on normal terms, absolutely, I think this is going to be less money for you. And I'm sorry about that. But it's also yep. they're going to have to offset the cost to some extent because a lot of people's stuff involves, you know, front and back end points. You're investing in the movie like everybody else. And guess what? I'm sorry. It's not going to mm -hmm. make as much money right now. Just mm -hmm. it is what it is. Hey, a lot of people are getting that. But this is also key. Jason Kilar said, we wake up every day thinking, how can we increase the value of HBO Max? When we thought That's about the film, good. <laughs> yeah. When we thought about the film slate as part of HBO Max at no additional cost, we thought it did a lot for the value proposition. Well, of course it did. <laughs> well, yeah. Of course it did. And um, AMC theaters, they are not happy with this. AMC CEO uh, Adam Aaron issued a statement chastising Warner Media for the move. Um, Kilar attests that they are not abandoning movie theaters, but uh, he also said the only thing we can count on is change. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 
know how a little bit how this shook down like this and this is weird because this posted um at 6 24 p.m it's by brooke barnes or brooks barnes and nicole sperling mm-hmm. it was new york times and um it was aptly titled trading box office for streaming but stars still want their money <laughs> that was the name of the article <laughs> i mean i get it like they're, I mean, they're also getting a little bit better. Well, uh, that was another thing. Tenet called it a bait and switch. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he understands how that term works. But it's also a <laughs> bit of a... It, I, I get how it's, you know, a gut punch to a, a, anyone who signed on to one of these movies. Like if you're, I mean, Connor Reeves or anybody, like you you signed on, you your back end points were kind of a little bit guaranteed to a certain point. And now they've just taken that completely out of the equation and said, sorry. And yeah. apparently really just didn't consult you very much at, on that at all. I get the gut punch feel that. I I completely understand how that feels that way. I just also think there's going to be over, I think over a very short period of time, a little bit of acceptance of maybe, okay, I think this is just how it's going to have to be and we'll get through it. Well, so here, here's the thing, though. Uh, here's the thing. This is how it shook down initially. Uh, it says, last month, Warner Brothers quietly approached Hollywood's two biggest talent agencies, William Morris Endeavor and Creative Artists. The studio wanted to release the much-anticipated Wonder Woman 1984 simultaneously in theaters and on the streaming service HBO Max on Christmas Day. And they wanted to get the film star Gal Gadot and director Patty Jenkins on board with the plan. WME, which counts Ms. Godot as a client, and CAA, which represents Ms. Jenkins, had a lot of questions. But the biggest involved money. How are you going to pay them? With Wonder Woman 1984, agents argued that uh, Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins and the producer Charles Roven, among others, needed to be paid what they most likely would have received had the sequel been released in a traditional manner. An exclusive run in theaters before arriving online, and not during the height of a pandemic. After all, that was what they signed up for, and Warner Brothers and HBO Max, his corporate sibling, wanted their help in promoting the film, so they're kind of in a bind, right? Mm-hmm. And after a, what was apparently a tense negotiation, Warner Brothers, which is owned by AT&T, mm-hmm. agreed that Gal and Patty would each get more than $10 million, according to two people with knowledge of the deals, who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss private agreements. So Warner Brothers kept crucial talent and their powerful representatives on its side. But last week, when when uh, Kilar announced or Kylar, how do you say his name, announced that 17 more movies would roll out on HBO Max in the in 2021, they weren't they didn't consult anybody, they didn't negotiate with anybody. And my guess is Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins screwed the pooch for the rest of everyone else because when they said, "Oh, y'all gonna hardball us, we can't afford this on all these people," but this I, is the way it's got to go. Like I'm I'm open to more information <laughs> coming in, but. That 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 sounds right. Mm-hmm. Just based on what I'm seeing right now, that that sounds pretty accurate. Also, it this is very much a better ask forgiveness than permission kind of thing. I think if you're the studio, yeah. Like, all right, the 17 movies. How many stars? Probably at least what uh, 50 oh, plus. God, who knows? Star stars in, involved in this, mm-hmm. or we'll call it 50 plus like leads, maybe. Um, some of which are big ones, really big ones. Uh, d- is this a conversation you thought you could have 50 something times? And then by the way, the first time that uh, Suicide Squad or John Wick or Matrix, whatever, or even fucking Tom and Jerry for all that matters, decides that they aren't going to be hardballed and uh, hardballed and just like will not agree to anything. Mm-hmm. Well, then what about the rest of these guys who actually did make some compromise? Like, do you want to seriously sit there and try to negotiate with that many people if you're the studio or do you just want to be like, we're doing this? We do actually yeah. own this film after all. We're going to put this out. 
this is how it's going to be. And we'll just have to deal with the repercussions later. Right. I'm not trying and, to like justify the fucking multi-million dollar, billion dollar industry giant here. No. <laughs> Morally. I'm just saying I get them. I understand how they came to that decision. Well, there's some trickery here for sure. Uh, now, to prevent the news of the 17 movie shift from leaking and to make the move speedily rather than get mired in the expected blowback, Warner Media kept the major agencies and talent management companies in the dark until roughly 90 minutes before issue, issuing the news release. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, so it, it left the agencies on a war footing, the article says. Uh, representatives for major Warner Brothers stars like Denzel Washington, Margot Robbie, Will Smith, Keanu Reeves, Hugh Jackman, and Angelina Jolie wanted to know why their clients had been treated in a lesser manner than Gal Gadot. Talk of a Warner Brothers boycott began circulating inside the Directors Guild of America. A partner at one talent agency spent part of the weekend meeting with litigators. Some people started to angrily refer to the studio as former brothers. <laughs> yeah, which was funny. Um, yeah, that's good. That's pretty good. I mean, I have um, a pretty simple answer for this because hers has been sitting on the shelf longer. Mm -hmm. It's money like that money that wasn't made, which is, by the way, probably a billion dollars. Let's face it, because the movie looks fantastic and yeah. would have clearly made a billion dollars under ideal circumstances. Not even mm -hmm. ideal, under regular circumstances. Um, no, dude, like that that's a lot of money that's just already in the pot and they've got to do something for it. Yeah. Now, you know, a lot of these people are saying, you know, like, oh, for the, you know, they... For the longest time, they've been known for the best home for talent, and that has been a significant con uh, competitive advantage. And with this move, they alienated the very talent they have worked so hard to attract. Look, and I think Warner Brothers is right on this, and they're going about it the right way because I think they went to Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins because that was the that was the movie that we've been waiting to see for the longest. It had been sitting on the shelf, but they used it as a testing ground. And when they saw how that played out, they said, "We cannot afford to make this viable and have this negotiation with every one of these people." So what we do is we're, we're going to have to push ahead and just not give them the heads up. And oh, if yeah. we lose them, we lose them because you know what? There's always a slew of other people who would be ready to slit some throats to get right where the, these assholes are. And Keylar, when he announced it, said this is for the fans or whatever. This one's for the fans. So they're positioning themselves to be like, look, we just want to, you know, make sure you guys get to see these movies. And who are the bad guys? The overpaid asshole actors who not only want their paycheck, but they want their secondary paycheck for the back end. That doesn't exist right now. <laughs> that no longer exists like, at this point. But And, you know, I haven't had a lot of time to consider this. Like you said, we're recording two hours after this got out. Mm -hmm. But right now, that does feel like a pretty good interpretation. And, you know, one of the alternatives for Warner Brothers is you got, you got to think, okay, well, look, I, or even if you're AT&T, even if you're AT&T, you're still looking at Warner Brothers and thinking, well, I know you're just one of the arms here, but, um, you know, the other part of AT&T, by the way, is a phone company and those things can come and go over the course of five years. So mm -hmm. Warner Brothers is one of their blue chips. That's one of the things they bought because they knew it would be steady and it's not, it's just not right now. Yeah. So they have the choice. They can piss everybody off. Hope we all band together afterward and realize, you know what, times were fucked up. I realized you made some decisions that made me mad. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll all just have to find a way to move on together and kind of hope that that's how that goes down. Yeah. Which is very possibly what a lot of them are really hoping happens is like, like you said, we cannot sit here and have this conversation with everybody. And we literally maybe can't afford to have that conversation with everybody involved. Yeah. Or think about it. If you're Warner Brothers and you already have HBO Max that by their reports is doing well. Mm -hmm. What What are you thinking to yourself? What's the worst case scenario? We get out of movie theaters that are already probably like they are already kind of monopolizing how like movie theaters. One of the problems that movie theaters had was they were monopolizing what got in and the 
the whole section of critics, by the way, and I can't believe that more people aren't concerned. Actually, I did see a lot of people that were happy about this because of that. Mm -hmm. But the fact that Warner Brothers, and especially if you're a DC fan, the critics have been just pieces of shit to us for years. They've been terrible. The Rotten Tomatoes thing is like, I'll I'll, I'll post the spreadsheet again tomorrow if you want me to. It's it's been terrible. Um, So to have that out of the hands of the, the critics and the media fanfare before and to not have to deal with that part of it and to actually have it in the hands of the fans for once, who, by the way, largely liked a lot of these movies. Yeah. Uh, is is a very different thing. So they've got to be thinking to some extent. What's the worst case scenario? We turn into Netflix, which is doing fine. I mean, they're, we're going to f- Netflix. Netflix has never been out of debt, but that's Netflix's model, and uh, whatever. <laughs> they've never technically been out of debt, but they've always had a pretty high top <laughs> gross line, which means yeah. that they're fine. Like, like they're they're not hitting one of those little like stock price versus debt ratio bubbles that will destroy them. They're not there, and they're not yeah, even no, pointing toward no, it. No, no. I so, just did want to mention for that, like, probably one person in our audience who's like, Netflix has never been out of debt. I'm like, okay, yes, we know that. Yeah, in a lot of ways, Amazon's <laughs> still in debt. And they're fucking yeah. Amazon. Like, that's – it. There's, there's a way you – there's a way you do the books a certain way that I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yes, but no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So yeah, like worst case scenario for them, they turn into Netflix and they already have one of the largest cannons in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. What are they afraid of? Mm-hmm. Like they've got some deals. Eventually those deals expire they get access to everything they have again in perpetuity at that point, unless there's some other like Spider-Man ish deal with Sony kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, like, and granted, there are plenty of them. I mean, there's a reason Harry Potter vanished after a minute. Hell, uh, Batman vs. Superman is going to go away after a second. And uh, what, end of oh. December? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, there's a lot to be said for, like, the streaming <laughs> agreements that are already made. But it, but if your plan is to be Warner Brothers and, and become something like a Netflix, like, you're just going to start rewriting those contracts completely. You're not going to deal with the old model or the old sending it off here and there. You're going to be like, no, 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 when that's up, it's up, it's done. And I'll pay you X amount for it to be done right now. And put it back in your canon, your catalog, and no. make your service even stronger. Like they, again, I'm really not trying to fucking like sympathize with the giant industry thing here, especially one who's fucked us over a lot. Well, let's be fair though. This is we're talking about a rich entity that's screwing over a bunch of other rich entities. I mean, there's I that. Mean, yeah, they're all you know. I mean, a lot of them. There's there's plenty of actors on there that. You know, we're promised, hey, you know, I'm, you know, this, this is going to be a break. You're going to get it on the back end. There's going to be plenty of stories like that. But there's no way for these. I mean, I'm, I've already seen some people like siding with the actors and stuff and the directors, and that's fine, I guess. I personally feel like ba- because of the pandemic, because of, let's face it, and this, this freaking article bring pulls it to the forefront too, and it says, you know. Uh, even before the pandemic, streaming services like Netflix, Apple TV, and Amazon Prime Video were upending how movies get seen and their creators are compensated. And, and this was, it really did. It pushed that so much quicker along. Yeah. Um, and let's oh, not and- fool ourselves. Jason Keelar, before pandemic hit, he was already trying to figure out how to make HBO Max what he's now creating with it. So oh, yeah, no, this was an opportunity. That's all for for somebody like him, that this was just like I've never, I'm, ne- I'm never, I'm, this, this is never going to happen again. I have to take my shot. That's- but Keeler makes a salient point. He says our content is extremely valuable unless it is sitting on a shelf, not being seen by anyone. We believe this approach serves our fans, supports exhibitors and filmmakers, and enhances the HBO Max experience, creating value for all. And I agree with him. But you know that test run with Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins killed it. There's no more negotiation. Now it is, hey, this is the way it is. If you don't like it, call the wambulance because <laughs> we own this shit. Actually, I hadn't thought about it, but 
part of the anger is got to be the fact that like Warner Brothers, especially with Wonder Woman, had held in there for so long. And this is part of why, by the way, I think it might be a fucked. It might have fucked them a little bit to have done what they done. But because like, all right, so what it was a movie was supposed to be released in November last year? Oh God, I, this has changed so it, it it changed more times than New Mutants release I mean, date. I, I don't know. Possibly, I can't keep track of it. No, it did. It literally did. It did. Yes, I saw those headlines. Ray and Brent had a whole conversation about it. Like, it did. Oh, God. That doesn't surprise me. Like, I I think it was supposed to be originally, like, quarter four of last year and then moved because I think they they thought... Yeah, it was, like, November, then it was June. It was was going to be, like... I think it was even going to be, like, March originally, just the the second day. But anyway, they... Originally, there was, like, a move to not compete and there was going to be some creative stuff that uh, they were going to work on. And, like, it didn't seem absurd at the time. Um, and then, you know, fucking 2020 happened and March became June and June became like August, August became October, October became, uh-uh. and then, uh, here we are best I can remember, but, mm-hmm. um, roughly what happened to you? It's like give or take two months, I guess. Am I leapfrogging maybe? But anyway, yeah, I, I, like I said, I lost track of it and I can't, I can't confirm or deny it was, it was a lot, but that means also that Warner Brothers kind of came to the table saying, Dude, we've stuck with you the whole time. We've we've stuck with you the whole time as far as like we wanted to get this in theaters. We wanted to make it work. We wanted to do it the way you wanted to do it. We're at a turning point. We have to do this another way. And that's not a conversation they're necessarily going to have with the producers of John Wick 4 because they haven't made those promises. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, nothing was on the table, if we're being honest. Like, well, we don't know. Well, I mean, we, actually, I don't remember if there was a release date. But I'm, I mean, I know they've done, I'm pretty sure they've done some filming. But what to... To my point, the only thing that I'm sure that hasn't happened is there was literally a film sitting on the table and they were discussing when it was going to be released. Like, it, that's not a thing that's going to be common among those 17 films. Mm-hmm. So for them to be a little extra angry because, like, the studio was with them for so long and then just decided we're going to do it this way. I could kind of see that. Sure. It's, I still think it's an unrealistic expectation about how just reality is right now, but I could kind of see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I, you know, I don't. I mean, these people live in mansions. They, I don't think they have a good grip on reality anyway. But <laughs> I mean, that's not true. Like, ow, it's not necessarily true. I mean, it's hard to. <laughs> I'd have what to meet anyone to say. What do you mean I don't get my ten million back pay? Like, uh, for back instance, deal. Keanu Reeves uh. is one of the names where I read that, and I was like, oh man, I'm I'm sad he's not getting his money because he would have probably taken fifty percent off the top and given it to charity. Like, yeah, that, that's nice. Uh, that's just how he rolls. And a lot of them do similar things. Like there's there's a certain amount of money that won't get into some hands that it should have gotten into. Yeah, or, I, I'm just that's saying that's gonna be a real thing. I'm not I'm not I'm not firmly in anyone's camp. I'm just saying this shit had to come out at some point. And also the way they set it up, PR wise, they did a really good job of making anyone that has a problem with this look like an asshole. Oh, very much so. Yeah, and I, I, again, like just. Thinking about how I would manipulate the situation if it was me, I very much would not have had this conversation 50 plus times. I, mm-hmm. I would I would literally just do it and then have the conversation on the back end. Yeah. That's it's something this big. That's how I, I, that's how I would try it if I were them. Yeah. Also, and I don't, again, I don't what do you want to do? You want to try to flood every single weekend of 2022? Like people are going to just camp out and get season long passes to the theaters, mm-hmm. which I'm sure AMC's daydreaming about, but it's not realistic. Once we get back to 20, uh, like what, when we get to normal, we're going to spend a hell of a lot more time with like people that we haven't seen than going to a fucking theater. It'll yeah. be involved, but it's not going to be the primary thing. And <laughs> to make money on every single one of those films, plus everything, by the way, that uh, Disney's putting out, because that's not even involved. 
no, mm-hmm. just absolutely unrealistic. And this does a hell of a lot to to make sure that HBO Max gets on Roku soon. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm expecting a, I'm expecting a, like an within the week. Yeah, like any day. Like I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> they may wait two weeks to save face and hope the articles die down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, see, uh, the Brian Lord, a co-chairman of Creative Artist said a uh, precedent is being set over the value of talent and what kind of transparency is essential to creating equitable partnerships. We will do everything necessary to make sure artists are fairly compensated for the value they are creating and that their creative and artistic work and rights are protected. I don't specifically, I don't personally, and I will just say this, I don't feel like they've necessarily been fairly compensated in the first place because some dude, there's a lot to be said. Like when you look at someone like Margot Robbie, all right, mm-hmm. she's in Suicide Squad. She's playing Harley Quinn. Everybody knows who Harley Quinn is, mm-hmm. and they get a certain amount of money. Then she goes and does some independent movie. That movie doesn't make a billion dollars. That movie doesn't make anywhere close to a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily those those artists coming in. Like so, these like you know exorbitant back end deals, I do think are ridiculous. Unless you're Jack Nicholson, which. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, may not even be the best example you could have picked. Oh, I mean, you know, that's, he's just always the first person that comes to mind because he's like, I'll take a big pay cut for Batman. But oh, here are my okay. back gotcha. end deals. And then they're like, oh, okay, cool. And then he just winds up mopping up. Yeah. Just, oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> the now the Lucas like, maneuver, as I remember it now. And now it's like, it's just all these like, well, there are all these multipliers. If you do this and this, we'll get this amount. Okay. Well, Cool. You'd never have to make another movie in your life, but you keep doing the movies and that's fine. But, you know, there are lots of people out there who can act. There are lots of people out there who can do all this stuff. I don't think Warner Brothers is really too worried about it. Um, there are lots of uh, the the paradigm will shift is what I'm saying. Yeah. If it hasn't already because of this. And uh, no, I mean, as a business model, they're thinking like, man, we could start buying fan films that are produced half as well as the mm-hmm. final films. And put them up. Yeah. This is one of the dangers of, of Hollywood in general. And it has been for a hundred years, man. I like, you can't, you can't think you're too special because one day you turn around and you don't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. It has always been a thing. Like it's a thing that people, you know, feared it's, it's a old Hollywood had this problem. Like it's, it's never gone away either. Like you, you're treated as dispensable. And by the way, there are some, truly despicable side effects of that. Like, you know, the, the Harvey Weinstein, it comes to mind. Uh, but I mean, that's just a slightly extreme example. And also that's one person who was doing a thing that a lot of fucking pieces of shit were doing that there's you in that environment, you're, you're kind of enabled to treat people with such indiscretion that it's, I mean, it's, it's borderline a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, I say borderline, borderline oftentimes cases, a it's big problem, <laughs> oftentimes a huge problem and borderline a problem all the time is what I mean to say. So mm-hmm. yeah, like it, uh, to say that, like, to say that the, the people upset about this that are, you know, the A-listers anyway, that they don't have a point is, uh, is, is also a bit tone deaf, but they do have a point. It's just, yeah, they have a point, not the most relevant point. And to, to try to, I don't know, man, to, I also kind of have to frame it historically and be like, yeah, but I'm sorry. This is a little bit of how these things work. Like the industry is going to move. And if you're not moving with it, you won't go with them when it moves. Right. And more than money, these people care about being relevant. A lot of them. Yeah. 
I mean, not, not every one of them, obviously. That's a generalized statement. Shouldn't have to keep qualifying everything, but <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, well, and I, partially because relevance is part of how you bring in the money you get. I, it, right, exactly. It, 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 everything's a little bit monetizable in that environment. I mean, most of these people right now, even if they didn't, if they had already spent every bit of money they'd ever made, just based on their face, they could go onto Instagram and take sponsorships and be good for the rest of their lives and make good money. <laughs> yeah, hop on OnlyFans or something. I wasn't going to go to OnlyFans, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> I only vaguely know what that site's for, but I I feel it's dubious. <laughs> I don't know about dubious. <laughs> I don't I don't have any outright trust for it. I mean, it's pretty w- widely uh, trusted. It's just okay. You know, cool, cool. Well, I don't I mean, mean the site a, itself. I mean, like the, the mechanism. Uh, oh, well, I mean, no. It's I watched, dude. I watched a whole video on like how people, the, like the psychological breakdown of what they're doing on OnlyFans. Where like they he broke this guy broke down like how like one girl on Instagram all of her pictures like she's hot obviously and but like all of her pictures are like her like looking off some way like away from the camera mm-hmm. and just like very like uh, non personal captions and stuff but if you join her OnlyFans like all of her pictures are like she's looking right at the camera right at you she like sends you messages she talks to you so it's like they're not really buying like. Just using third and first person, yeah, and they are monetizing the version, uh, the difference. Okay, right. It's like you're, it's like you're some sad, lonely guy. But if you're one of the only fans on this, yeah, on this girl's Instagram, and you're just like, you're looking at her, you're like, oh man, she's she's giving me the cold shoulder. And you go over to OnlyFans, and she's already sent you a message going like, how are you today, handsome? You're like, oh, she does care. No, she doesn't. (laughs) She likes money. You're giving her money. You dumb bastard. Um, (laughs) I mean, I've waited a ton of tables and I promise you it is no different. I will be absolutely interested in your day for about 40 minutes. And then you need to get the fuck off my table because I got to make some money tonight. Right. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, let's see under these, uh, under this Warner media plan though, HBO max will pay Warner brothers a licensing fee for the 31 day concurrent rights. The fee will be equal to the studio's portion of ticket sales in the United States. Ticket sales are generally split 50, 50 between studios and theaters. Other factors could influence the fee, including the percentage of theaters that are operating HBO max and Warner brothers also agreed to a floor for these fees, 10 million for 25% of the film's net production cost, whichever is greater. Uh, now in the eyes of some agents, this is unfair, unfair self dealing. They believe that Warner media had an obligation to maximize maximize value for the profit participants to make a good faith effort to see what prices other companies might have paid for the Warner Brothers movies before selling them to itself. Oh, God. The, Come on, the, man. The, the licensing fee does not appear to be connected to the value each movie will create for HBO Max in the form of subscriptions or engagements. Um, it does say that... Uh, like, they're not wrong in theory, but it's also impractical and unapproachable as a, as a concept. Yeah. Like, there's no I, way they could have taken all of these, every single one of these 17 movies and shopped them differently, kept the entire thing relatively under wraps, kept the, like, everyone attached to the movie relatively okay, but in, you know, like, there's, it's an insurmountable thing. Yeah. Now, Legendary was apparently already upset with Warner Brothers because in recent months, Netflix had or, had offered, like, $250 million to buy Godzilla versus Kong. Uh-huh. Legendary wanted them to do it, and Warner Brothers said no. Okay, that I get. That's bullshit. <laughs> well, they wanted it on HBO Max. I get. Okay, that part I completely get. Like that's 
that's self-dealing for sure. Oh yeah, no, it is. There, I mean, like I said, I, I know I've come across as very pro Warner Brothers on this whole thing, but I'm not trying. Me to, too. I'm not trying to side with them. I'm just saying what does and doesn't make sense to me. But the, I mean, and when did you say that was? Um, it just said earlier this year, I guess. Oh well, shit. Earlier this year, though. When you say earlier this year in December of 2020, it said it, the article said in recent months. Oh, in recent months. Okay, so even in recent months, in terms of how fast things have changed in 2020. That might as well be two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I mean, I've I've joked with people that I, I talk to about this thing. Like, even with, you know, COVID updates, you like, dude, you can take a lunch break, come back and be completely out of the fucking loop. Like, like yeah. something has substantially changed that that was a, like a real breakthrough happened in a lab in Norway. It, shit. The whole thing's fucking different. It, it, it is know, a good man. thing that I'm I'm not in charge of any of this because I have such a hard time seeing past my own interests. <laughs> like not my own like personal interest, but like what I am interested in because there's no way I would pay anyone $250 million for Godzilla versus Kong. And there's no way I would turn down $250 million for Godzilla versus Kong. Like I'd be like, who the shit wants to watch Godzilla versus Kong? But there are so many people who do. I just can't imagine it. I can't fathom it. I can't wrap my brain around the concept of wanting to watch Godzilla versus Kong. It's <laughs> like a vacuum concept for you. Like for you, this is like you you were in a $100,000 house and someone offered you half a million dollars. And you're like, I don't understand or care. How fast do I need to be out? Do I need to take my belongings or just burn the house down? I don't right. Which one? <laughs> I could be out within the hour within, you know what, 30, you know what? I'll just leave now. Yeah. Here's the key. I, I would always be like, if I were ever an executive, like I would probably be that, that consecutive executive mm-hmm. <laughs> who turned down or sold for way less money than it was worth. That thing that he didn't understand. Like I would just be that guy. Oh yeah. There's always over that and guy. over again. It's, it's a, it's a thing like you can, you know, you can find it on any number of podcasts of, of people who just didn't understand what they had, that kind of thing. Yeah. I always like the guy who's like, you know what? I'm fine. I spent it for, I, I sold it for this. Sure. I, I sh- you know, I should, I made a billion dollars. I spent, I, I sold it for 3 million, but I wasn't going to do anything with it. I didn't even understand it. <laughs> I always admire that guy. Cause that's exactly what I would say. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do, what the hell to do with that. No, I get it. <laughs> I'm glad I, they like, made their money off of it. They did a good job. It's business. <laughs> I, I i completely get it like i i uh you know at the house i just sold like we uh you know we we have commercial contracts that would move through every once in a while and offer just way more money than the house was worth was worth in that area because they didn't mm-hmm. really give a shit they were just gonna mow it down and put up a costco or whatever right and um you know occasionally you'd get a hold of one of those contracts and make a little bit of earnest money but which you know, i made like twenty one hundred dollars just saying yes to something and there were no consequences. I just, someone just handed me money for having said that I would agree. Mm-hmm. Great. But, you know, later when I sell the house, that's, you know, for what an actual resident would pay for the house, not a company, uh, it, it's not going to be like, like in, I mean, I, I sold that house uh, two months ago. Mm-hmm. And in two months, if I learned that the house is now sold for twice what I paid for it, I'd be like, okay, great. Good for you, man. Yeah. I mean, shit. I, I was happy with what I walked away with, but fuck. good job. Yeah. Right. You won. Good game, old chat. No. <laughs> <laughs> old chat. I mean, <laughs> what, 
when you move into Mountain Brook, let me, you know, hey, let's let's have a let's have a grill out sometime. Buy me a steak. Whenever I hear anyone say old chap, I just think of that. Uh, remember the Simpsons where Homer <laughs> finds that overturned guess, sugar no, truck? Let's see. No, I don't. Okay. He, he Homer finds a, an overturned sugar truck and he like transports as much of the sugar as he can to his backyard. And then he guards it because he thinks there are poachers. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about people doing this on Minecraft and making actual money. And No, it's Animal Crossing. Sorry. Animal Crossing. Um, and then we have Marge. Farmer. We have Marge who's like, you know, no one's trying to get your sugar. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he like, he puts his hand down and pulls out this little Englishman. <laughs> the little Englishman has got his tea. And he just goes, that's right. I nicked it. And I'd do it again. <laughs> oh, that's just, that's just beautiful right there. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pud333. Over on Twitter says, with the rumors today from Deadline that Legendary is suing Warner Media over their co-financed films like Dune going to HBO Max, and with some other directors like Gunn staying quiet about the move, how unilateral does this move by Warner Brothers, Warner Media, sorry, for the entire 2021 slate feel to you, and what effect do you think it will have with their creative talent? Um, very unilateral. Uh, approximately 0.7% unilateral. You think 7% unilateral? It feels point that. seven. No, point seven percent yeah. unilateral. Yeah. As in someone yeah. maybe made a wrong phone call for a second and hung up the phone immediately. Hmm. Like, like there was a secretary that was like, hey, I'd like to talk to so-and-so about the releasing the streams on the, who's this? Oh, I'm sorry. And hung up the phone. That's, that's the amount that they were apparently told about it. Well, yeah. And, um, I, I mean, I think they're, they're right though. I think they're right on it. I, I don't think they, they would have lost way too much money you know, negotiating with all those people is just, there's no way there's too much time, too much money. And then there's just the loss of like, it, it's all theoretical loss is my, that's my big concern. It's all theoretical loss. Like they didn't actually have any money to have lost right now. These are just products sitting there that won't actually capitalize in any way mm-hmm. that you have to, you have to actually put them somewhere for them to actually make any money or no one cares. And look, man, what as to the effect I think it'll have with the creative talent uh, time and money heals all wounds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when, when, you know, these agents, that's by the way, that's why most of these stars aren't actually coming out. It's just their, their agents and shit because, you know, like legendary can sue Warner, Warner media all they want. And that's fine. Maybe they end their, their, uh, partnership with them. Maybe they don't, but, um, I don't actually, I don't blame them now that you're saying it that way. Like, yeah, let your, let your representatives go after them and make them. You know what? Make sure there's a good backlash because you don't want mm-hmm. something like this to happen again if you're them. Right. So you I get don't, that. You don't want it to happen. And I don't blame them for being concerned about it or even angry, but. Absolutely you not. Know. And even to push back, like I, if it was, if it was my agent and this happened, I'd be like, look, I know this is not going to, I'm imagining myself saying, I, look, I know this is not going to change anything, but you blow that motherfucker's phone up. Yeah. I want, but, I want you, you know, to know that next time something like this happens, I want a phone call. Give it a year or two and, you know, the caviar dinners are drying up and you go, oh, well, I haven't gotten a call recently. Um, is anyone releasing theatrical? Oh, no, there are no theaters. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, HBO Max and Netflix are looking pretty good. Uh, yeah. Well, you want to try that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and we'll be right back. And, you know, at the end of the day, Warner Media, if they're still compensating them pretty well. And if they're still doing the creative thing and let them do whatever the hell they want. And by the way, that's going to be way more easy now 
uh, with streaming as opposed to, well, we have to make sure that a certain amount of people come in to see it in theaters and MPAA and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Dude, man, they're not going to go away. A few will, and they'll be lost to time. And we'll see an article that says, member them, and it'll have a picture of whoever, and then, you know, a but picture of them in the current like- day. and. What do they call it? The uh, the chum box at the bottom of a uh, website where you, you scroll yeah. down. And it's like, it's not even AdSense. It's like uh, Trulio or whatever the fuck it is down there. Right, right. And it'll be, you know, not necessarily her, but probably Margot Robbie's with raggedy old halter top that says jam and <laughs> walking out of a Costco. I mean, even if it I, is I did. I stole that from Fresh A-listers Prince. right now. It's like, <laughs> what happened to them now? And you're like, well, it, this... Scandal with the streaming services came out. No one wanted to work for them uh, with them again. Okay, yeah. dude. Like, look, a lot of things happen in a lot of lives. And hey, by the way, three, seven years ago, year ago, whatever, pre any of this, b- before theaters were even considered a thing that might conceivably be a problem, you still saw those damn chum bucket articles. Like, so and so can't work anymore. Um, Catherine Hangel comes to mind. But oh god, well there was a reason for her. Apparently, but she, that's the she, one I kept oh, seeing at the bottom. She bit every hand that fed her. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked into it at all, but it's it's one I kept seeing. But yeah, like, here's another thing. All right, so me and my personal life, I've I've transferred from one job to another during the course of this uh, year mm-hmm. um, for reasons that are uh, honestly entirely related to COVID. And Directly, uh, yeah. I'm, you know, I was I was actually pretty happy with the job before, ended in a way that I wasn't completely happy with. Mm-hmm. Uh Due to circumstances, uh, and then was unemployed for quite some time, uh, way more than me or my serotonin levels were comfortable with, and then Mm -hmm. found another job, and I'm pretty happy there. But I'm still having to deal with some of the side effects of, well, this is how we need to approach things at work, and that's just how it is. It's how it it is. But one of the conversations I've had with several people along the way was, well, if we're this worried about it, or if we're... If we're doing this and we're doing that, blah, 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 then what happens if it's the next time? And I keep having to explain to people, dude, I don't know if there's going to be a next time. Like in our lifetimes, I don't know if we're going to do exactly this again. Like this mm-hmm. is going to be protracted for sure. But we're, we're going to be doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. But there will eventually, we'll beat it. We'll win. We'll find a way. We kind of always do. That's why we're still here. So life uh, finds a way. I, I I just wanted to let you finish saying that. Uh I know you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I can hear you enjoy yourself now. I have a partial. (laughs) But, but I've, I've, I've explained to uh, on honestly, both of these occasions, my boss is on either end of the spectrum for me in 2020 and and said, Hey, look, so I know you're having to make some fucked up decisions right now, but I need you to also realize it's a one-time thing. Like, this is a thing that once we figure out how we're going to get on the other side of, just historically and statistically, probably not going to deal with this for a while. Like, you're not going to be having this conversation with somebody in five years. Granted, entirely possible, but not likely. Right. This is a once in a lifetime thing. So you can also have that conversation with fucking everybody on board with all of these films this year. Hey, look, man, I know this is a fucked up thing. We're going to find the other side of it. We're all going to be there together. This is a fucked up thing. Let's like, this is how we feel we need to go about it. I hope you find, I I hope I find you on the other side. If I don't, I wish you the best. If I do, I'll see you there. We're going to find out how to do that together too. Uh, Jason, Jason's called it. So, you know, in three years when we're at Euphemet COVID 23. (laughs) And uh, we're trying to figure out out how to fight an alien pandemic. 
<laughs> and just for fun, the like the waveform on my uh, computer, I just look down at my phone and it's it's getting the mirror effect and it's like a it kind of looks like literally matrix code and that kind of frightened me for just a second when you were talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> like for just a second I looked up and saw matrix code and I was like, "Oh, that's not right." Nope, nope, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> just put my phone down in a weird place. My bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they'll be overly uh, affected creatively. I, I think there will be some mistrust there. But at the, at the end of the day, it's going to be like, look, man, we, we had to do it. Streaming is the future. It just is. I'm sorry, everyone. Old yeah. Hollywood's going to have to get on board. Look, uh, old Hollywood has had a lot of things they have to change for approximately 100 years. This is just the next thing. Mm, you can only buy one Bugatti per, per film now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to completely get on board with <laughs> with the fuck the rich sentiment, but I I, I get it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I will be get it. I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, you know what? I I I don't either. But on the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, it's been a tough fucking year, and a lot of us are thinking, "I'm sorry, I don't care about your troubles." Well, it's not necessarily that. It's just you know. I, you know what would made a pandemic a lot easier to go through and quarantine a lot easier to go through having a house so big that you don't have to like you could go an entire month without seeing the same room in your house (laughs) (laughs) i would have loved that too but that's where the ghost is (laughs) he's not kind (sighs) yeah i mean you know those hit you in the balls ghosts i you know there's there's a there's a mid there's a middle ground there's a middle ground where you could just be like, you know what? At some point, you guys are just whining about too much. You know, I can. <sighs> I, I get. I that can too. sympathize, but also not. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get right, it, so. and it's uh, it's also like our best shot at at being people who are extremely middle class, uh, who are trying to like make the best of or uh, may I our best guess at <laughs> guessing it their situation and yeah like there's i don't know we we can find points of sympathy and there's other points where just i don't know there's not going to be a connection like that yeah anyway uh let's see wonder woman 1984 is going to be the first film released on hbo max and 4k ultra hd hdr 10 dolby vision and dolby uh, dolby atmos so there's that um <laughs> I feel like that would have been the big news short of that whole it was actually uh, the HBO Max free trial is ending right before, like three weeks before Wonder Woman 84 premieres. Don't blame them a bit. On <laughs> no, that that's, that's what Disney Plus did. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. Actually, one of the only curiosities is, uh, and by the way, uh, Milan is available to stream for free right now. And how yeah. long was, how long ago was that? Like two months, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Just a guess. Two that months? is, I have no idea. I literally have no clue. Like I know it happened after Hamilton. So we have yeah. that. Yeah, yep, that's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about it. And honestly, most of Disney Plus is uh, just Bluey and Mandalorian for me right now. So it was I'm definitely like, before Mandalorian. If it's not Ming-Na, it's hashtag not my Mulan. So. <laughs> oh. I haven't yeah, really paid it, attention. One of the interesting points was that they weren't going to try to charge extra for watching the film itself. 
Mm-hmm. Even for a, you know, like, hey, you've got rewatch for a month or something like that. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people discussing after all this, uh, you know, whether Milan should have done the charges up front, whether they should have dropped them later, whether uh, HBO could, you know, actually go through with the whole charging people for the films, even though they're already getting the streaming service thing. Mm-hmm. Like some nominal fee for, hey, you're, you are just watching this extra content at home that you weren't promised. Yeah. But, you know, all this all this crap's going to go to, I say crap, all, this, <laughs> all, the, all these films <laughs> are going to be, you know, free for subscribers for a month and then it'll go to the appropriate VOD channels where you'll have to pay for them. And that's fair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean... The funny part to me is I'm probably just going to end up buying Wonder Woman 84 on Amazon because mm-hmm. I can get it in a format that I know will be there, you know, until that company folds. Right. Which isn't look, doesn't look like it's, it's going to be anytime it's not, soon. It's not anytime soon. All but right, well, I don't know when HBO Max will just decide that I can't stream that movie anymore. And, you know, yeah. on a whim one night, I might decide I'm going to try to see if my, you know, two and one month old daughter can handle Wonder Woman now. Let's throw it on uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Oh, they're shooting uh-huh. each other. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Warner Media, or a, media, a Warner Media representative said, we frequently update and iterate our offers to provide flexible ways for potential subscribers to access all that HBO Max has to offer. And they do have a new offer, a 22% discount to new subscribers who prepay for six months for $69.99, which comes out to be about $11.66 per month, as opposed to the $14.99 a month. Yeah, that's pretty standard. So there you go. Um, all right. So I don't want to talk about business anymore. You want to talk about actual movie stuff? Let's do it. Actual fun stuff? Mm-hmm. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. El nuevo crispy chicken sandwich de McDonald's es... Crujiente, tiernito, awesome. Es pollo en McDonald's. Un mordisco y... Wow. Es el nuevo crispy chicken sandwich. Ordena por anticipado en el app de McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. En McDonald's participantes. All right. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 <laughs> has. <laughs> I'm going to edit out the pause. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> just, even with, I just love that it's like, do you want to stop talking business? Also, Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, dude. Wonder Woman 1984, they put it out, right? They gave it to, to some people, to some critics and stuff. Uh-huh. And I have not seen one negative word said about this movie. <laughs> I haven't either. It's, it's been really pretty positive experience. We'll talk about some of the good reactions we've got here. But, uh, you know, Patty Jenkins was talking to Brandon Davis of comicbook.com. And uh, he had said that, you know, not only does the movie look like it is set in an 80s era with the costume and the set designs, but the editing and the cinematography truly conveys the look of a movie from the era in which the movie is set. And she, and Patty Jenkins said, that is exactly what I strive to do. I kept saying to everybody because it's funny. I was worried we weren't giving enough. We weren't giving people enough eighties because the temptation is to go eighties. Ha ha. And make all these eighties jokes and put in eighties tracks. I was like, I shouldn't have eighties tracks 
Because when you do that, you're automatically being self-referential. Right. Whereas I remember I said, you should not remember anything about this movie. This mm. should be as if you're going to be, you're going to a massive tent pole in the 80s. That's completely <laughs> authentic. So throw away the 80s part of it. It ends up being very 80s as a result of it, but just throw throw that away and make a great movie. And that excited me because I was actually pretty worried that it was going to be like Wonder Woman, the Goldbergs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what you've been exposed to is, you know, you've, you've seen the fanny pack. Yes. And uh, I think I had to explain to you the Blue Monday thing. Mm-hmm. But... You know, there have been some different references, but I, I do appreciate that. And I kind of wonder if like on subcon- like a subconscious level watching the movie because stuff like editing and composition and stuff like that is uh, a bit of a subconscious thing unless you're really paying attention. Mm-hmm. So I, wa- I kind of wonder if I'm just going to like this movie way more than I have any right to because of when I was born. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. Like seriously, Ghostbusters was my favorite movie for the majority of my, you know, first 10 years. Yeah. And I was just thinking like, it feels like, if it feels like, like authentically like back to the future felt for me, where it was just like, yeah, we're making note of what time frame we're set in, but also here, uh, I don't know. Like I, I'm excited. I, I, I'm, I've actually gotten between that and the, um, and the, uh, the, the footage that they released at CCXP and, uh, the footage that they released at the MTV movie awards, I'm actually excited now. Yeah. And not to mention all these good reactions. Freaking Eric Eisenberg of Cinema Blend said, uh, huge news. Wonder Woman 84 is fantastic. The story is excellent and has a great timely message. It packs in a ton of surprises and amazing work is done with both Cheetah and Maxwell Lord. Uh, both actors are stellar. Get hyped because it is the real deal. Freaking uh, Nuke the Fridge said, I saw Wonder Woman 84 and cried. It's spectacular. Empowering to both men and women. Wow. Um, DC world says yesterday I, I saw from the, someone called nuke the fridge. Cause I know right. exactly what they're talking about. Oh yeah. Um, DC world says yesterday I saw the new Wonder woman 84 movie on the big screen. Thanks to Warner brothers UK. And here's my reaction, a DC movie masterpiece and a stunning, but powerful film more to come soon. Uh, Fandango's Eric Davis says, I'm so happy to report that 84 is a, an absolute blast from start to finish. An exceptional compliment to the first film is stuffed with heart, hope, love, action, romance, and humor. Um, I was in tears when it ended. I mean, it's just on and on like this, man. Yeah. On and on. And I'm super, super excited for that. It yeah. Actually, because I was, you know, worried about a number of things. I was, you know, worried that Kristen Wig, Kristen Wig would be like, uh, the, you know, the, the Riddler or, uh, Aldrich Killian or freaking Electro from, from amazing Spider-Man two, where it's like, Oh, nerdy, nerdy guy turns into the villain. and takes revenge on his hero. I just, what I thought it was going to be. No, I mean, it might no, still no. be, but they might have, you know, fixed it. I think she can do more. I mean, if <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that she can't do more, I think like, I'm just worried they were going to make it that. Yeah, that's a valid concern. Uh, I've seen Kristen Wiig do more than that. She's great. I mean, even in Paul, she gave me enough. I don't know. There was enough background for her and Paul. Even I was like, Jesus, this is. I can buy this. There, there are SNL bits where I'm just like, Good Lord, the range. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's <laughs> that is one very capable performer, man. I like I think she's gonna I don't know. I, I I'm I'm gonna be very excited, I think, about her role later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In approximately two and a half weeks. So yeah, I, I've gotten I've gotten my mojo back for this movie. Good. And I'm excited for it. 
Um, once again, did you did you see any of the uh, the footage that they put out? Just a bit, just like, a bit, just 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 a very small bit. I mean, I I watched Wonder Woman mid run, mid sprint, turn backwards and grab a bullet right before it hit Steve Trevor in the head with her lasso. Mm. I'm very pleased. That is pretty glorious, um, and it's fun. It's funny. Like she jumps onto the cab of this army truck and just rips off the steering wheel and tells the guy brakes still work <laughs> before leaping away <laughs> by the way if you don't want to careen into a building or the you know next car mm-hmm. hit, that, hit that thing hit that thing with your foot <laughs> that'll do it um yeah just it, it, it looks like a lot of fun it really does <sighs> all right so um I guess let's move on to, 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 to a little bit of Justice League stuff. Uh, Joe Manganiello a couple weeks ago posted a picture of himself at the Mohawk. Mm, and that was, uh, that that was, was pretty awesome. Stuff. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. And he says, uh, heroes and villains can put their differences aside for an important cause. And he links to the AFSP donor drive. So, you know, keep, keep that in mind, y'all. Yeah. Uh, try to just post a link to AFSP in our show notes. I think and, that particular uh, drive is over, but you know, it's yeah, maybe still just it's, it's AFSB. It, mm-hmm. Still worth, worth a couple bucks. If you got it. Mm-hmm. Um, now <laughs> Warner media CEO, Jason Keelar, which we've talked about, who we've talked about a fair amount in this episode already. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was in a new blog post. He was talking about the, the plan to put all these movies out. Uh, for HBO Max. And then he also said, uh, uh, and on the subject of HBO Max, there are so many amazing HBO original series and Max originals I'm excited about. The Tiger Woods HBO documentary arriving in January is incredible. And this little thing called Zack Snyder's Justice League coming in, quote, a few months. <laughs> yeah. And then like a day later, Zack Snyder posts a picture of himself in it, or a picture of the editing bay with a giant screen. And it says, uh, you know, picture start on the screen and he captions it, let it begin. So <laughs> reshoots are done. Looks like it's time for the editing, the final edit. Yeah. Hell yes. And they, uh, what'd they say? It was like time locked or what's that phrase? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. They're they, just working on VFX and stuff now yeah. and getting the last bits in. The the, the lock is cut. Anyway. Um, yeah. The, they have the movie. They're just trying to make it what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm. I mean, a few months is, it's enticing. I'm at least one of the we see in the first half of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Y'all, the thirst is real. I need it. Oh, yeah. I need it. Yeah. Now, here's something interesting. Um, this was, uh, you know, I'm going to read this thing. It was translated into English um, from uh, a CCXP panel, but. Uh, this article says fans of Zack Snyder's films at the DCEU may have one more reason to celebrate during the panel, the, during the panel, uh, American vampire in artist Valley of CCXP worlds. Scott Snyder said he was called by the DC. I actually kind of like that. They should just call it the DC from now on <laughs> to, to assist in the comic adaptation and expansion of the mythology of Snyder cut of justice league. He is doing on HBO max. Mm-hmm. The comic book Snyder, however, said that he did not accept the job because, quote, I had a lot of jobs ahead of me and I can't deal with people confusing us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, that's, fun. Look, that's I, funny and fun. But it's the, funny. I haven't seen a lot of confusion because most of the people who know him know, you know, know better. Mm-hmm. Um, although internationally, uh, that may be the case. I 
I, you know, I don't see that in my, uh, you know, Twitter feeds or anything. Very possible. Here's one thing I will say. If those two were on the phone for four fucking seconds, it's probably the best thing that's happened in a while. Probably, yeah. I don't care if they exchanged two, you know, seven words between them emails. It was probably relevant and should be contributive. Mm Mm-hmm. In any case, what I'm saying is I just want those two to communicate. Like Scott Snyder is, by the way, uh, he's trying to he's trying to work in himself into creator own content. Mm-hmm. A I mean, he's bit. already got a lot of that, but you know, yeah, he does. But he's trying to like get his focus over there, and and a lot of his time has been tied up in DC for a while, and for good reasons. And uh, you know, to my review version of it, to great effect, it's been mm-hmm. phenomenal stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like genuinely just uh, historically some like we will remember Scott Snyder's name in 50 years as DC fans if we're still here but uh, yeah he wants to get into some creator owned and, and expand and do some other stuff and great dude stretch your legs creatively I get it completely but uh, yeah like not that I wouldn't have loved this project because fuck yes uh, but if it, it if it went the other way and Scott Snyder got to talk to Zack Snyder about you know, some stuff that maybe would look good if it appeared. Oh, fuck yes. Like, I just want those two in the room, it, in the same room or in a, a com- it, in a conversation as much as possible is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. No, yeah, I get it. Me too. Mm-hmm. That'd it, be awesome. It, it excites me. Um, it, it, it excites me in so many ways. <laughs> now, at CCXP, we had uh, Andy uh, Muschietti, uh, the director of The Flash, and there wasn't a lot of said, honestly. We, we found out, yes, his new suit will be made by Bruce Wayne, and, uh, you know, they're going to take us where DC has never gone before, blah, blah, blah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what I was way more interested in, though, weirdly, was a couple of weeks ago, George Clooney was talking to Empire, and he said, in reference to this, you know, it's funny, you'll notice they didn't call me. <laughs> somehow, yeah. somehow I didn't get that call. They did not ask for my nipples. <laughs> he's, he says, listen, there are certain things you never know. This one, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. look, man, George Clooney is one of the biggest stars in the world. All right. We've seen the man's acting chops. Oh, he's earned it. Now, here's the thing. If they were to call him, mm-hmm. and I have no reason to believe they have, I don't believe they have, but if they did and they wanted him to be Batman again and they said, here's your chance for redemption, Ryan Reynolds, (laughs) let's do Batman again, but you're going to be a badass Batman, et cetera, et cetera. I think you can handle it. And he'd be like, hell yeah, I could probably handle that shit. Mm -hmm. And then the next, the next piece of that puzzle would be make sure this does not get leaked in any capacity. This one has to be. A surprise badass thing while you were in the theater or while you were sitting at home watching on HBO Max, however you take it in. Hold on. Hold on. You did say Ryan Reynolds a second ago. I know. I was joking because Ryan Reynolds had a, had redemption with Deadpool. Just making sure. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm talking about George Clooney. All right. Like Just if they went sure. to George Clooney and they said, it's time for your redemption, mm-hmm. like Ryan Reynolds. You can be Batman again. And Sorry, Ryan Rebels version. is like a slime mold. He he just gets everywhere in every universe. So mm-hmm. <laughs> just making mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it if he's in there. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I mean, I would love to see Clooney come back and redeem that role. I absolutely would. Because I have, when he was announced, I was like, hot damn, he could make it work. He really could. Like, though he had been 
very sullen, very dark at times on ER. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly after it was announced, I saw an episode of ER where like Juliana Margulies goes up to the rooftop and it's snowing and freaking Clooney is just standing there with like dark circles under his, under his eyes in the dark with it snowing. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be the best Batman movie ever. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't. Clooney can pull that shit off. I'm telling you, but they would just have to keep it quiet. They could not let it get out on the internet. that This was happening. Mm. It would have to be a surprise because the fans would flip out in a way most unbecoming. Oh no. In all right. So in my version, it's just a scene where like Clooney's working on something really hard Mm -hmm. and Affleck shows up and, and uh, there's just a relevant piece of information about dark side that has passed or something. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, as Clooney stands up from the back computer, uh, they kind of have a moment and he looks down and like they both look down and uh, like Affleck just says like, why? And uh, (laughs) Clooney just says, long story. And they just kind of bail on the whole thing. Uh No, I just I don't I don't want any reference to the nipples. I want Clooney to show up as a badass Batman. Oh, my favorite for him would be if he just shows up as Bruce Wayne. He was a phenomenal Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne, sorry. He was, but you know, I, I want him as Batman, like proper, like in uniform, the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't, I don't want to just do like Smallville, freaking Tom Welling, and no. <laughs> I want to see him in I'm uniform. I'm trying to like wanna... depower him or anything or, or any of that. I'm just saying, like <laughs> he he was one hell of a playboy. Like have him hell, have him just uh, any version of Batman show up and find Bruce Wayne at a party somewhere and. Uh, you know, George Clooney's Bruce yep. Wayne turn around and say, like, I know what you're here for and here's what you need to know and explain it and say, like, I have to go back to uh, tricking all these people into thinking I'm not a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, I would love to see, like, I don't know, some sort of situation where we get, like, Keaton, Clooney, and honestly just have, kill, like, Val Kilmer. I don't know if he can talk now yet or not. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think Val Kilmer's on the table, man. <laughs> oh, I don't think he is. But just, like, I would love to see him just over in the corner, like, working on something like, yeah, we're all here. <laughs> it's, it is not going to be, like, that dude is having some medical trouble. It is not going to be I know he great. is. I know he is. Um, but, like, sincerely, like, I would you love probably to see. probably grab a scene from The Saint or something and throw it in there. Oh, I don't know about that now. But... <laughs> I mean, he was just in some sort just of like retrofit something. Like seriously, like Kilmer was just in like like last year. He was in some kind of um, short film or something where he had a multicolored Batman mask on or something. Mm. But uh, so he's doing stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I would love to. See, I would love to see some like short. It's a flash movie. I don't want too much Batman, but mm. I would love to see like almost a precursor to what we finally get, where it's just like we see like you know Affleck and Keaton, who are the two main Batman. They interact with Clooney. Maybe we see Kilmer in the background doing something or something. Oh, actually, then, on, can I pitch you something real quick? What's that? Just with Kilmer. So far in the same scene. Just what if there's like a moment where they flash over like a Kilmer version? And again, I, I hope I hope the guy's doing fine, but he's he's having some problems. And you just go over to him and he's fit. He's they're showing that he's having some problems. And be like, yeah, so this takes its toll. Mm-hmm. And they just show like the Val Kilmer version for a second. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't like that was a similar idea. Like for a while, I was thinking, like, man, it would be like it would be really cool if they did like a Back to the Future four and they explained the Parkinson's as like part of the time travel side effect. Yeah, like he wound up time traveling way too much. But um, 
<laughs> That'd be a weird explanation for Parkinson's. Well, I mean, you know, you don't have to say it's Parkinson's. You, yeah. you could just no, be no, like, I, uh, yeah. the, you know, the visible uh, unsteadiness and stuff. Like, But anyway. That makes you know, no more sense than anything I just said. No, I, I, it's all no, science I, fiction. <laughs> I'm just laughing. It's fine. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, anyway, but I totally want a scene where it's like reverse flash or somebody some villain is like you know it's the flash and then like we basically do like doctor who 50th like which flash like all of them mm-hmm. <laughs> you just have like multiple fl- you have gustin in there have ezra in there have john wesley ship and just like mm-hmm. as many people in flash costumes running around as you, possible you don't know how much you want some parts of death metal right now oh no i do <laughs> <laughs> i read i read what happens mostly Mm. Like sit and read little synopsis and go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> spoilers aside, especially there's a scene with Maxwell Lord who I not Maxwell Lord, Max Mercury. Mm. Uh, that's just mm. I, yeah. like I read that scene and thought, oh, God damn, Dave is going to love this. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So, um, yeah, over at. um the CCXP panel mm-hmm. uh, for the Suicide Squad. James Gunn revealed that the cut uh, is almost done and they're basically just working on post-production elements. He says everything has been going really, really well, but the movie is completely done in terms of the cut of the film. It really just, it's really just working with the visual effects that are left and the music and the sound. So we're close. Uh, cool. Someone, uh, someone started a rumor that green arrow was going to be in this, the Suicide Squad and um, James Gunn's response. It's nonsense. So no green arrow should be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this, I, I kind of want to put it on a t-shirt. Honestly, uh, <laughs> um, John Cena was talking about uh, during one of the uh, CCXP panels. He said, um, there was a day where we shot on a rooftop where we're all eating. I had to eat an empanada. I took it upon myself to try to eat the entire empanada in a seamless take thinking that it's going to look great. Mm-hmm. But it was also a complicated shot for James. 31 empanadas later, Jesus, <laughs> we got it right. When uh, <laughs> when asked if the scene caused him to vomit, he said, I think 32 would have been the old heave-ho, but I was gonna, but I was able to just relax and unbutton. But then people are going to see the movie and nobody's going to care. So please, remember the empanadas. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make a shirt that says, remember the empanadas. <laughs> You remember when I impregnated myself with empanadas. <laughs> um, he also says the Suicide Squad is quite graphic. Mm-hmm. He says uh, it's gonna make you sh- it's gonna make you shit your pants. So bring a change of pants because you are not ready. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Only thing about that quote that cracks me up now is I, I don't have to bring anything. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you just pause it. Mm-hmm. No change. Yep. I may uh, still shit my pants. Yeah. Just different outcome. Yep. Uh, Kat Vasco has been hired, according to THR, to work on the Plastic Man script. And um, it, according to the sources, um, it is now going to be a female leading vehicle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means Plastic Man will be female or if it will just be like a bunch of ladies teaming up with Plastic Man. It was a bit ambiguous. Yeah, it was a bit ambiguous. They didn't say Plastic Man will be female now. Um, now apparently she's she's known for adapting Queen of the Air, 
uh, story of trapeze artist Lillian uh, Leitzel. It has Margot Robbie attached to star. Um, she also uh, re-teamed with uh, Margot Robbie for the adapt- adaptation of Jen Phillips' novel Fierce Kingdom. She's got a bunch of stuff going on. The, the boom comic book Lumberjanes, which is also being developed as an animated series uh, for HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And um, she's got something with uh, some kind of fairy tale thing going on at Disney Plus with Olivia Cook. Uh, Jay Scotty St. Clair uh, says with it being reported that HBO max is adapting plastic man as a female character, which is not what they reported by the way. (laughs) Uh, it was ambiguous. Do you think they will adjust the Patrick Eel O'Brien origin or will it be a completely new character with their own origin? Do you have a strong preference piggybacking off of my favorite plastic man question, which other lesser known or more prominent DC characters might benefit most from a reimagining, be it gender, race, or origin otherwise? Given the multiple versions from the comics, I think Robin is a character ripe with potential. The only potential downside I really see will be the comparisons to Marvel's Kamala Khan. That's why I hope they embrace the character's criminal background. Now, I'm going to say, yes, give me all the versions. I want all the things. Okay, I'm not offended by the by the notion of plastic man being a woman if that is what's happening do i prefer it no no i want to see plastic man i want to see there <laughs> i want to see plastic man i mean i don't, I don't want to see elastigirl from <laughs> from the the if i want to watch the incredibles i'll watch the incredibles <laughs> uh, i i get that it's uh, it's also it's slightly irrelevant to me it more important is the origin story of the uh, you know the turnaround from crime Mm-hmm. So I get mm-hmm. that. I get that yeah. being the important part. But uh, honestly, everything I love about the character, the flippancy, the uh, like, even parts of the character that uh, that I really respect where like uh, Plastic Man is at some points left alone on the watchtower to keep watch. Yeah. Like they trust this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the gender makes absolutely no fucking difference there. It doesn't. Not really. So, I mean, plastic woman would by no means be a problem for me, but I, I actually, that is more important for me. Like, as like, if they make it a uh, situation where like, yeah, like this is a person with a criminal background. I, I do love one of the origin stories of it that where like the, uh, you know, Batman's the one who kind of turned uh, <clears throat> heel around, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, like just uh, the rise of the character is more important for me than anything else. Right. And, you know, I, I can already see being really excited if they cast someone like Kate McKinnon. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there, yes, there, there are plenty of female, uh, actors. I, I would be down to see play a female version of the character mm. or even a male version of the character. I don't, I don't give a shit, but, um, what's her name? Shit. I should know this off the top of my head. I, I don't know. I'll find it. Keep talking. Uh, Sorry. But, um, you know, I, I'll I do think, appropriate time. um, my main opposition other than just, you know, I, other than just seeing, uh, or just wanting to see a closer adaptation to what I know, uh, as you know, we're bound to want, um, is, you know, I don't need the, the controversy. There are a lot of female characters that could do with a, with a, with a, a, a superhero movie. There are lots of great female superheroes out there. And what sucks, what would suck to me in some regards and makes little sense in a business capacity would be, you know, you have some girl, little girl goes to see plastic woman or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, goes, well, I like that. Let me go and check out some of the comics. And then it's like, oh, it's plastic man. Well, I don't care about that. 
like why not direct them to you know a black canary solo or you know <laughs> oh yeah no i get I, that you see what i'm saying like it's just it, it, it's weird to me is well there's i mostly say these things aren't zero sum like when some one thing gets produced and someone says well why don't we have this instead i mm-hmm. mostly would like to explain to people it's not zero sum like you, as long as the thing that they're making is going to make them money, they will probably make it. Right. So there's that. But there's also like, yeah, if you you know want a niche version of a character, you, you can't necessarily be that upset if the more popular version of the character gets made instead because that's where they're going to get. And also mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we're not going to get to another version of some characters. Like in some cases, maybe a stepping stone. Yes. And, you know, you look at some of the trends of how these characters play off and for sure, there's some stuff societally we could probably look at. Mm -hmm. But uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that any one of them necessarily is invalid. They've all meant something to someone like, you know, and and L. O'Brien that was, you know, a a dude that was a pickpocket coming up. That meant something to him, too. It doesn't yeah. invalidate something. It doesn't take mm-hmm. away from something when it's presented in a different way. And I mean it both ways. Right, right, right. All that you being know, said, I just looked up her name, and I'm sorry I didn't remember her name, but I want Caitlin Olson to be the female plastic man. I don't know who that is. Who is that? D from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I can see that. This is maybe my favorite casting that I've ever proposed. I that's <laughs> this this is this is my shining moment as a casting director. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> pretty I, happy prefer, I prefer Kate McKinnon. Nope, but, uh, Caitlin Olson. <laughs> <laughs> I picked my camp. I'm standing in it. And I want this now. I All think right. I want it more than Ill O'Brien, the dude. I think I want her to do it. Well, you dude, know, she I, is phenomenal, man. I mean, I know you've, you've seen her, and it's always funny. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. Yeah. the Mick. I, like, oh god, she's so good. She's so mm-hmm. fucking talented. Oh, she she's can do good. this role. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll watch whatever they do and I'll see what they do and judge it based on my own uh, subjective opinion. And, Absolutely. you know, they're, none of this is, you know, in stone, you know, back back a few years ago, we were talking about, oh, they're doing a Plastic Man movie and Ben Schwartz wants to play him. Cool. I'd still be on board with that. Uh, and then, you know, there's plenty of people out there is like Jim Carrier bust. I'm like, dude's like 60, but okay. <laughs> okay importantly though like still I, the reason, super talented at being what he is at 60 yeah like but the thing i like about plastic man though is not only the, not really even the redemption story but the fact that like he's a he's an ever he's a perpetual redemption story but he's also probably the most powerful person in the dc universe oh no he yeah that so there's like low-key like no one thinks there's about some it, but stuff he totally that's is. uh like deceased made good use of that recently and i i'll just stop myself there all right i mean there was like i think it was a morrison run maybe i can't remember exactly who it was maybe i'm wrong but there was like there was a run where a corrupted where, plastic man though let's put it this way <clears throat> is formidable oh yeah there there's a run somewhere where uh manhunter was uh was corrupted and was just taking everybody out and mm-hmm. the only person that could take him down was plastic man and he had retired. He said goodbye to his kid because he thought, mm, I'm going to die now. Nice. And like went up against Manhunter, who couldn't read his thoughts because he's plastic. <laughs> <laughs> and let's not forget, in friggin' uh, Dark Knight Strikes Again, Miller pointed out, had Batman be like, Plastic Man could kill us all. <laughs> <laughs> he's the most powerful being on this planet. He could he could kill everyone. And I'm not going to actually... 
I'm, I'm not going to pimp anything, but deceased makes good use of that. Awesome. Well, I think it's time to go to break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about a little bit of TV and more listener feedback. Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Visit fergusonshowrooms.com to shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to meet with our experts at your local Ferguson, bath, kitchen, and lighting gallery. Together, we'll help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in. Get started on your project and discover extraordinary products like the Orizo Chandelier from Progress Lighting. Ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on Man vs. Train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. All right, we are back. We have uh, <laughs> relieved ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that? Uh, did you see these Starfire pictures? Oh, that yeah. they Oh, my gosh. That they released for, for Titans? Yeah. They, I mean, we, we had two years for this costume. I feel like it was worth it. Yeah, it, it feels like we were, um, I don't know, deprived in certain ways. Like, you know, when are you going to make her actually kind of get into the comic right. version to some extent? And, uh-huh. uh, I mean, not that the actress didn't absolutely sell me on, like, I I'm, could not be happier with the role. Mm-hmm. But when are we going to see this? And then we finally do see it, and they just uh, honestly knocked it out of the park like they yeah. have so far. Um, look, I'm all for different iterations. They're all valid, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? I grew up I, uh, in the 90s. Uh-huh. Early two thousands, uh-huh. I was there for 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 X Men, mm-hmm. uh, where suddenly every superhero had to be wearing black leather. They couldn't actually wear what they had anything remotely close to what the, was in the comic books. And I want costumes. <laughs> I want costumes. <laughs> I don't. I don't need a you know a hoodie, and you know, that, that's that's fine. But no, I want costumes. Yeah, unless it's White Canary in Legends of Tomorrow, and that costume is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I do I I get it to some extent. Uh-huh. I I can get along with you when you're just doing like a Grady take kind of thing. I, I'm mm-hmm, fine with that. Mm-hmm. But the um yeah this this looked fantastic. Yeah, this uh, looks great. It was good and uh, yeah, really really close to the character. A lot of good nods. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, the over to Star Girl. Uh, Alcoya Al Alcoya Brunson mm-hmm. has been cast for uh, Joaquin Thunder, mm-hmm. and um. That, that that's that's cool i got i want to see this mm-hmm. i in all honesty i hope jeff johns isn't running the show at this by by this point or based on what i've heard now i mean yeah we're at that but, point um, in the narrative of things but yeah i like where they're going with that otherwise uh and this is this comes after an announcement earlier that jim gaffigan would be voicing uh <laughs> how do you say this yz how, how would you say that How's it spelled? YZ, the Thunderbolt. Oh, literally YZ. Okay. Yeah, the genie who, who you know, joins forces with him in the comics. I, I think I'd go with ease. You think ease? Mm-hmm. I was wondering if it was like, yes. <laughs> yes, the Thunderbolt. 
I've never actually heard it said out loud, I don't think. Ease or ease, maybe? Uh, ah, yeah, it's a guessing game, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in, in the comics, uh, Jakim is the second human to summon and control the Thunderbolt after the original age, uh, sorry, the original Golden Age hero, Johnny Thunder. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Johnny's mental health declines, he puts the Thunderbolt inside of an ink pen, which, through a series of events, is unintentionally given to Jakim by Jay Garrick after gaining control of... Yes, yees, whatever. <laughs> Joachim goes on to join the Justice Society of America and forces and factors into multiple major DC Comics events in the process. That's all dope. Uh, I've just never known how to pronounce the, 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 the genie's name. Mm, that's fair, though. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. Stargirl is now on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who was wondering, when you haven't checked We're- in seven days. Full episodes or CFP episodes? No, it's, I mean, no, it's, it's the full episodes. episodes. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. I think only the first or second, first, I think it was just the first episode that was uh, a little different. I, I think I kept hearing that they were like truncated by a few seconds here and there, hmm. which is, you know, really believable, frankly. I mean, not even anyone's fault here, a little bit believable. Like, yeah, you've got to do it to air with different commercial sizes a little bit differently yeah. sometimes. Yeah, that makes sense. A uh, recent interview with Casey Bloys, the chief content officer for HBO Max, uh, indicated that they would be taking a page out of Netflix's playbook. He says, we are going to work to see DC content in other countries outside of the U.S. One of the big themes of bringing HBO Max together was breaking down the silos between HBO, Warner Brothers, and TBS and TNT. I'd say one other silo was international. One of the things that we're going to do with Max is that all of our international productions will eventually live on Max, and we're going to do a much better job of coordinating between all of the folks programming in Europe, Latin America, and Asia. So if there's anything that we're developing that has real cross-border appeal, we'll be able to highlight that. I'm down for that. Yeah, I like good. That, I like that Netflix has done that. Um, I've enjoyed many uh, uh, an otherwise foreign television series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, End of the effing world was, fen- was phenomenal. Uh, I, I mean, I have enjoyed, uh, what pieces of, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, it's, uh, it's got Ron Weasley from Harry Potter and Nick Frost in it. <laughs> and it's, it's really good. Um, I don't remember what it's called now. It's, I didn't see it either, but I, oh, that's going to bother me. I've got to look that up later. It's like Ron Weasley pretending he has cancer. I know. I saw it. It's good. I, it, that's really going to piss me off. I'm going to Every see episode is just like. You need a stress ball to watch the damn show because they keep almost getting caught with all their various schemes and stuff. It's just, it's good. It's funny and it's good, but yeah. Um, I'm looking it up now. Okay. I can't remember what it's called. I'll find it just as you were. All right. Uh, So Black Lightning is ending. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's that too. I won't lie. I did a dance. (laughs) Why a dance? I did a dance. But you know why? Because... They announced Painkiller. They announced Wonder Girl. It was like oh, okay. they, just, it was uh, like they just kept announcing mix. things, and I was just like, "Oh." <laughs> now right. my wife did a dance, but because she hates the show, <laughs> she's Come just on. she's just bored by it. She just doesn't like it. Um, but you know, I get it is more slow moving than some of the others. Um, yeah. And, um, 
just occasionally deals with like character arcs that I just can't. I don't know, man. Just some tropes every every once in a while that I don't care about, like the right. Lynn being a drug thing. addict. Lynn, uh, yeah, the drug addict on a CW show in particular, where they yeah. can't really actually show it like it should be shown. Well, it can't be a real drug. You know, it's, it has, it has to, to be, be green made light. up, or if it is a real thing, it has to be downplayed. Like it honestly, like reminds me of like the breaking the you know CC code originally and just you know showing Speedy with a needle in the arm kind of thing. Fuck yourself. Hey, we're gonna do what we need to do, kind of thing. I don't know. Right. Um, which it's, you know, in, in way it bugs me the same way it bugged me. You know, Charlie and Lost used you know some sort of weird fictionalized version of heroin that doesn't work. <laughs> because we can't show real things methanope i i don't yeah I, I don't know what it was yeah i don't know it just wasn't right it was made that one up but, entirely but yeah i mean i don't know you know more about drugs than i do um <laughs> i don't know what that says about you but <laughs> i have a degree in <laughs> drugs and also a lot of extracurriculars so anyway. uh-huh. anyway um so salim mckeel says, when we first started the Black Lightning journey, I knew that Jefferson Pierce and his family of powerful black women would be a unique addition to the superhero genre. Mm-hmm. The love that blurs, that's black nerds, and all comic book fans around the globe have shown the series over the past three seasons proved what we imagined. Black people want to see themselves in all their complexities. And, you know, honestly, a lot of white people want to see that too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like the show for the most part. Um, thank you to the ph- phenomenal cast, writers, and crew without whom none of this would have been possible. Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, uh, while season four may be the end of one journey, I am extremely excited to usher in a new chapter and continue collaboration with the CW as we tell the story of Painkiller. So, you know, this sounds like the show is really just evolving away from the Pierces. And yes. And there might be another factor to that because China and McLean, who, who plays Jen on the show, came out and had a very long, very... <sighs> I don't know, cryptic and somewhat annoying live stream where mm-hmm. she explains that like, you know, this is going to be our last seat of black lightning. But what for what everybody didn't know is that, you know, I, I am not coming back. I wasn't coming back for, I was only coming back for a few episodes this season because I'm leaving the show. Um, this was going to be my last season, regardless of, of whether it went on or not. And then she says for different reasons that if we're being honest, I don't want to go into, which I'm like, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then she continues to be more and more like keeps being cryptic, but keeps giving us a little more like talking about like, you know, weird stuff about like Hollywood is all fake. And it felt like she was having some sort of weird breakdown. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. She just kept talking about God and God's mission and what she's going to do now. And is more important. I'm, that's fine. That's great. But it kind of made it seem like there was something going on. She does iterate like repeatedly there's nothing that the show was great and the cw was great but i kind of don't believe her <laughs> i don't know I, there, yeah i don't know you know uh, to corroborate even there's the Stephen mel video where it's just kind of a it's it's emotional but it's also this happened slightly sooner than i was necessarily mm-hmm. expecting it mm-hmm. or at least was executed faster yeah mm. Maybe that's just a little bit of how they run the show. Yeah. But you know what? She she says, you know, uh, 
She says, there's been a lot of things to happen over this quarantine. I'm not talking about the PC side of it. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about that. These things are real. And the way of the world now is real. All of this is an illusion. This industry for what it is and everything that people look to and praise, it's not important. Well, no, it's not. We all knew that. Well, most of us did. All, Actually, all of us you're, logical As you're talking, people. I'm kind of digging what she's going for here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it gets a little weird. Like, yeah, uh, no, it's it's all... And I think this is a fact. It, it exists in, in kind of a stock bubble. Like, yeah, it's I mean, worth what it's worth. But worth is amount of, you know, stock, like strike price. Like what it sells for it lasts. Well, that's its worth. But I have to wonder whether, whether or not she's gone unhinged or not. I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, I'm a man of faith. I, I don't, I can't blame her for wanting to, as she puts it, go where God leads her. That's sure. great. That's fun. Um, now, I do wonder though, if this uh, has or had any bearing on whether or not black lightning was going to continue because if she went to them and said, mm, I'm only going to be in a handful of episodes this season, uh, I don't want to continue on the show after that. Mm-hmm. And then, so everyone was like, well, that's the whole show though. Is like <laughs> me, you and Anissa and okay. Or if, you know, let's be, let's be completely fair. The show has not had, a real arc every season. It has had one continuous arc throughout the entire series. Yeah. Which would normally be a good thing. And yes, yes. Even this show is very much a good thing in certain ways, but I'm also kind of done with that arc. I don't want to like, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. And you know, Odell and the, the, I want to, I want to get into Tobias. It looks like we've had a pr- pretty well had an into Odell and, and that situation. Yeah. Um, now Tobias we've got Tobias. A, I don't know. A very fascinating character. I could do with and then as the, much the, of that. It, the raising as much people as that from as the I dead. get really. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's do Tobias and the lady raising people from the dead and wrap it up. Like that's my. <laughs> I mean, uh, Panko had a pretty good, I don't know, man. He, he, I, I'm I'm well, not pain, opposed yeah, to but Painkiller is getting his own show. Story. I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not opposed to that at all. I, I just like Painkiller stabbing Odell and then like or shooting or whatever the hell he did and yeah. walking off into the distance. That was like the you know season three exit for Angel and Buffy. Like yeah. yes, he's gone. He's going to his own show. Yeah, <laughs> which we know that he's going to have a backdoor pilot on on the season of, of Black Lightning. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I I don't I'm not necessarily opposed to uh, continuing a lot of the storylines that were there. But yeah, some of them uh, bored me pretty deeply in, in places. Mm-hmm. No, I'm totally for it. Like, and, the, you know, the, with Supergirl ending and with Black Lightning ending, a lot of people are saying like, well, we set up, and like Kate Kane's not there anymore. They're like, oh, we, the, everything we set up in crisis with them in the Hall of Justice has just, has been undone this season. <laughs> like there's no. Not undone. There's I, no I get, Supergirl. I get the there's, feeling that it's been compromised. <laughs> probably I don't think it's been com- you know the best case scenario is these people get to go have their lives and then when there's a crossover they can show up or they could do a movie of the week or whatever the hell they want and then they, they all team up again maybe not 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 Ruby Rose obviously but uh, I probably you know not. that's and, uh that's what I meant by compromised I guess is there are just new variables now mm-hmm. that I don't think we're there when we were talking about this what honestly what would be great is if the next time we see the hall of justice there's a batwoman black lightning and supergirl memorial next to ollie's and (laughs) and ollie's just standing there staring at it going well that went to shit (laughs) (laughs) barry's just like that did not work out (laughs) 
I just like the idea of somebody terrible. Well, we all made choices. Like, that's a Harry Wells line kind of thing. Like, well. <laughs> we have more memorials than chairs. <laughs> Where's this wonder girl we're talking about here? Let's bring her over. <laughs> Could you imagine actual Harrison just turning back to everyone and say, is there anyone here who actually doesn't think we need to rethink how this went down? <laughs> I want to see Star. Raise your girl. hand. Raise your hand right now if you think that this is okay. I want I want Star Girl to look at her her new chair in the Hall of Justice and go, is is this a Star Girl window cling that you have over <laughs> a Supergirl logo? <laughs> you, you literally used a dry erase marker on some Saran wrap. I, I, <sighs> I feel like I deserve better than this. Well, I mean, there are those rumors that there's going to be a new Supergirl on uh, on Superman and Lois. Oh, it could happen. Yeah, you know, if they have, you know, um, dude. I mean, think about it. They have Rick Saturn Girl die or something. Superman, and then what is that episode two and one? Oh, I know. <laughs> it was. I'm saying, you know, kill off Saturn Girl, or we we just find out, oh, shit didn't work out or something. I don't have to kill her, but right. Supergirl decides, ah, my future's in the in the future with with Monel. Mm. Guess what? We have a we have an opening mm-hmm. <laughs> for a Supergirl on on uh, on Superman and Lois, and subsequently a, an opening to fill that seat. Uh, we have yeah. Javicia Leslie coming in to to play Batwoman, and quite frankly, from the teaser, she looks like a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like a Batwoman that uh, would be much more uh, lighthearted. Some of the behind the scenes that I've seen. Uh, and probably 20 seconds, uh, just a couple of tiny clips were really fun. Yeah. Like so just I'm, getting, you know, yanked up <laughs> what, mm-hmm. like 15 yards. Yeah. Shit. I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. Uh, and probably more than I would have if Kate Kane had returned. Just, I like the idea of someone this lighthearted popping in. Like it, it would be like if, if Ollie had suddenly gained a sense of humor in season two of Arrow. <laughs> you just like the energy. I do. I like the energy. I like that. I like that energy. It's sort of what Terry McGinnis brought a little bit of, uh, you know, to the the dark, mm. gritty Gotham. Like I need yeah. a little Spider Man. Kind of a Wally sometimes. West thing too. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not CW Wally, but you know, <laughs> comic book Wally. Yeah, uh, or you know, Justice League Wally or yeah. whatever. Anyway, um, bum, 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 bum. so we'll see. Um, I. You know, I, I, I did do a little dance, though. I did when Black Lightning was canceled. It wasn't canceled. They're, they said they're ending. It sounds like they're doing it on their own. Like, if it had just been canceled with no ending, I would be very displeased. Yeah. But, um, you know. Yeah. That'd be very different for me, too. Like, ending at a certain time is the best case scenario. I am a, a huge, lot of way. I am a huge proponent of tell your story and get the hell out. Oh, yeah, for sure. There was I no mean, part of me that wanted Black Lightning to become the next freaking uh, Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. okay, we told our story in five years. Now we're going to go on for another seven years. No, yeah. no. Bad CW. Bad. <laughs> uh, I get that. Um, yeah, like <laughs> to actually to actually end something, I think is admirable in a lot of ways. But, you know, to uh, I get why there's a little bit of a backlash of like, oh, you, you know, it's not really being ended. It's canceled. I get how the story reads that way. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I think it's just actually maybe ending. Like I think there's a plan and they're going to make the most of that plan. 
I think they may be pushing it along a little bit because Jen is leaving, honestly. That's the feeling I get, but But, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you could do a lot without that in the show. It'd be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, moving over to Flash, uh, Mm -hmm. they had a, uh, the production was paused again Mm -hmm. after a team member uh, tested positive for COVID-19. The the team member was uh, asymptomatic, but um, was confirmed via the significant testing protocols that Warner Brothers TV has in place. So they temporarily uh, suspended production and initiated contact tracing. And the series is reportedly looking into adjusting its production schedule. So filming can resume without those who have been directly affected. So that was a, that's, that's, that's a two week old story. So mm-hmm. they might even be back now. <laughs> um, and so, we have to, we have to assume these things. Um, you know, the CDC just changed some of their protocols. There's like 10 days now for certain situations. So, yeah, but it was partly because they, uh, 14 days was apparently so insurmountable that some people weren't doing it. So they thought if they lowered it to 10, <laughs> yeah, it would, it would work better. Now this is, this is exciting. David Ramsey mm-hmm. and John Diggle himself, man, I just want to hug that guy. Mm. Seriously. Every time I see him, I just want to hug him. No, I get that. Like a Good big dude. old teddy bear. Yeah. Um, even though he's a liar, his character is anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> we made no bones about it. John Diggle always <laughs> had the worst advice. Like, <laughs> you can't tell her. I know what you should do. You should lie to them. <laughs> Don't if you if you tell her the truth, Oliver, she will never trust you again. Yeah. <laughs> I know the only thing that could possibly gain their trust back is telling them the truth. But what you should do is lie to them instead. Yeah. No, he's he's a good guy, good character, yeah. and uh, he is going to be coming back. He is going to be directing five episodes in the DC universe, uh, mm-hmm. including the new series Superman and Lois, and an episode of Supergirl. And then he will also be guest starring in five episodes across the Arrowverse. He's going to be coming back as John Diggle in Superman and Lois. Remember, they were going to Metropolis at the end mm-hmm. of Arrow. Supergirl, The Flash, and Batwoman. And then he'll be a mystery role in DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Now, I've seen a lot of people going, like, oh, it's Green Lantern. It's obviously Green Lantern. It's obviously Green Lantern. It's obviously. Man, we don't know that. <laughs> and my first thought really was, how awesome would it be? If he came back as freaking Parallax from an alternate future. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, that's good. I want to see that shit so bad. Like That way the CW gets around there. They can still make it to mm. where like, well, he wasn't Green Lantern. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could, you could do a lot with that. Yeah, you could. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I, was, I feel like it's going to be much simpler when it actually comes across, but yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I think it will be. Um, I would love it if he was just Green Lantern, honestly. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I will say I didn't have help. Uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, I mean, I did have help. I didn't come up with the idea independently. Um, I did happen to just like at, a, at an opportune time while I was reading the article, I looked down and there was a, uh, a total justice Hal Jordan parallax figure looking at me. Nice. On my desk, and I went, oh. So, you know, it wasn't just my own brilliance. I had a toy looking at me. Very nice. <laughs> All right. So, New Gods director Ava DuVernay is developing a DC Comics show, Naomi, for the CW. Mm-hmm. Um, now, she did DMZ for HBO, which was a DC property, but not DC Universe proper. And, um, of course she's doing new gods and I, I say she is doing new gods. 
Um, let's, let's get to this real quick though. Uh, the official log line for the TV series reads, Naomi follows a teenage girl's journey from her small Northwestern town to the heights of the multiverse multiverse. Y'all they're really pushing it. When a supernatural event shakes her hometown to the core, Naomi sets out to uncover its origins and what she discovers will challenge everything we believe about our heroes. And DuVernay will executive produce the series and co-write it with Jill Blankenship of Arrow and Sarah Bremner and Paul Garns will also produce the series through DuVernay's Array Filmworks banner. Um, Ava came out and said, thanks DC Comics for believing in the vision. Barda, Z Hernandez, now Naomi, the third DC project for Array Now. Working hard to bring these ladies to the screen. Thanks to Brian Michael Bendis, who created uh, Naomi, and David Walker, uh, my writing partner, Jill Blankenship, for joining me on Naomi, a lover. Uh, yeah, so I saw a lot of people saying that New Gods was not happening. New Gods is canceled. Uh, she's going to do Naomi now. Y'all, her, like, Array now. So we talked about this months ago on this show. <laughs> it, the news was all over the place. We weren't the only podcast talking about it. Yeah. Everyone was tweeting about it. She got a, a development deal. It was, <laughs> this doesn't mean anything except that we're going to get more from Ava DuVernay. Yeah. Nothing contradictory here. We even had people being like, like celebrating going good. The only, the only new gods we want to see are Zack Snyder's new gods. I'm like, you toxic shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But no, it's still happening. If anything, her tweet is perfect. Uh, uh, evidence that it is. Barda is the first yeah. name she drops. She says the third DC project for Array now. That yeah. means it's still happening. Yeah. It's still on the table. I mean. But no, Naomi seems, cr- uh, seems really cool. No, no, she is. <laughs> for sure. She's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I like the, the, the initial concept of the, of the character and the premise of just like, you know, instead of like, I, I read something where they were talking about like, oh yeah, we just, you know, we looked at it and like all the big events, you know, it's Metropolis, Metropolis, Gotham, Metropolis, you know, Central City, Metropolis. You know, like, how about we do a, you know, a little Midwestern town or whatever where nothing ever happens. Let's little, dig into some of that. Like, I really like that, that, uh, that idea. Yeah, I like that. Sort of how like Powerless, that show, Powerless talked about the flyover states. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They would just watch superheroes fly over, going to other big cities. Yeah. He's never get hit. Who the hell cares? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm down. I, I'm down for all of it. Uh, we got a couple pieces, just a couple of pieces of feedback, and then we can wrap her up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pud333, yet again. Says, mm-hmm. I listened to the most recent episode, and I have to say, that is the worst Stallone voice ever. The worst. But I was all for it and laughed my ass off. <laughs> I, well, yes. I agree. <laughs> um, I will say it was not my best Stallone. <laughs> I, have, I have done better. Um, when, I ge- when I generally, if, if I have a cold. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I haven't done it since I was a smoker, to be fair. But back in the day, when I was was when when I was a smoker, and I would have a cold, and I had just woken up, no one could beat my Sylvester Stallone <laughs> or I my like Johnny Cash. Circumstances thing, um, <laughs> or my Johnny Cash. I mean, oh, God, I don't know what a Johnny Cash impression sounds like, frankly. Oh, I couldn't do it now. It's been too long. Can kind of hear it uh, in a way, but like, uh, I mean. I can only help you by offering to do a worse one. Yeah. And I would rather not 
for uh, I would I would like for you to do a Stallone so yeah. that Pud can say that you because he said mine was the worst Stallone voice ever. And then it reiterates the worst. So I would like to hear your version because I need an update. I I, I need your name in this Guinness book. <laughs> Terrible. Give me a sentence uh, like five or six words long. Okay. Um, uh, yo, Adrian, want to hear a joke? <sighs> okay. I will attempt the worst. <laughs> Still <laughs> own interpretation ever. <laughs> Adrian, want to hear a joke? <laughs> but were you attempting the worst or were you just attempting to do Stallone and happen to be the worst? That's going to be the decision maker. Because that sounded like Joe Pesci or something. I, I, I don't know what just happened just then. I, I was, I, 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 I don't know. Pretty, I, I put everything on random. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, that's what we got. So, um, yeah, but, it's going to be terrible. Okay. Okay. I was shooting for a record. <laughs> All right. Henry Cooper uh, says, why was CCXP such a letdown? Um, because it wasn't fandom. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was the trick. CCXP was a big deal last year. All right. Yeah. So, and everyone was like, oh, it's going to be great this year. Uh, and I was just sitting there going, no, nah, it's not. Because they did fandom. And now they Which what their plan is well. now their plan is let's make sure that all of the other things aren't nearly as good as Fandom. And <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but next year you're not going to look forward to CCXP, are you? Mm, I know. I, it was telling. It was telling that there was a there was a better clip from Wonder Woman 1984 at the MTV Movie Awards <laughs> than anything they showed. On CCXP. I they, think the just, uh, cyclical nature is slightly on purpose. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. So also everyone just expected too much. Oh yeah. So yeah, I saw that too. I'm, I'm on Twitter just popping in every once in a while. I didn't really have a lot to say this week, but I just kept popping in just seeing people acting like CCXP was like old school Comic-Con, like San Diego style. And I'm like, y'all going to be disappointed as hell. Dude, it's, it's what happens a lot. And it's, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Like I, I want to be excited about things too, but you know, when you get all your expectations on a thing and don't get me wrong, like, the release of that thing, when, you know, when you finally see the movie is different, but the expectations about like a glimpse at it or a, which is really what we're talking about, like a trailer mm-hmm. or a teaser or whatever, man, it's just, it does. It, I, I think it does a lot for the blood pressure to not put all your expectations on mm-hmm. things. Especially kind of new formats that we're just, I don't know, we're, we're, we're just working this shit out. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I saw some scoopers. I saw Grace over here and Daniel over here talking about, yeah, we're going to get casting announcements and trailers and I'm hearing things and we're going to get, mm-mm. I just went, mm-mm. I mean, there may be some weird truth to it later, but no, probably not. I mean, they were talking about for CCXP and that's past. That's over. We know. know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like, they're going, no, no, like, <sighs> no. Maybe one of those so. things where eventually we're like, oh, I understand why they thought that. It, 
even still, just <laughs> even if they end up being right I'm sure, for yeah, no, some I'm reason. Sure. I'm sure. I don't think they just came up with it out of their ass. They didn't just pull it out and just go like, some this is do, happening. For sure. I think, I some, think some of them do. I'm talking about, you know, Grace and Daniel in particular. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, but I'm also going like somebody told them something. Like, baby, somebody lied to you because this is yeah. not happening. Especially like two days after they announced all their slate is going to, to HBO Max. Yeah. They, 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 mm-mm, mm-mm. they would have announced that at CCXP if they, if that, no, they are actively trying to like make it seem like the, the other, all the other conventions are not nearly as good as Fandome. And <laughs> you know what? They're right. <laughs> it's not. It was a very specific thing. Why are they going to keep like lifting up other conventions? Especially now that they can really just start putting this shit out on stuff like HBO Max, like having all the ha, like that, man. I having all the videos on video on demand mm-hmm. on uh, the second time around. That's where it's at, man. Yeah, and I and I I know they they took some of those panels and put them on HBO Max. So, I mean, AT and T is kind of going for it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't think they're gonna. They're really in the business of letting other people ha- have their content. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to serve them long term and I think they're thinking long term. Mhm. Anyway, that's it. That's all I've got. That feels like a pretty good booking. Yeah. Frankly. It that's does. Maybe a the bit. best one we've ever done. I feel like Mike Birbiglia up in this hell. Uh. <laughs> uh, he he he's really good at that. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much for listening to all of this episode of DC on screen. If you mm-hmm. did remember DC on you can go over there, check out the merch, check out the donate button, check it out a few times. If you like, uh, <laughs> go over to Patreon. I will be posting some new stuff this month for show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, 620 y'all it's a round yeah. number. So it feels like a big deal. Yeah. It's not, but it feels like it. <laughs> um and honestly quite quite honestly hopefully by the time this episode drops um we'll have a little bit we'll have some new branding Mm -hmm. and uh i saw it it was good i liked it oh yeah my no my my sister's tweaking it oh that's because she tweaked the one that we've been using for the last few years and i still want to use you know the some of it because i like it yeah but you know but she was like nope we got to tweak this this is bothering me and i'm like it bothered me too she's i was hoping you would you would offer because <laughs> like you know i'm a pretty good graphic designer she went to school for her, though she's way better than me like yeah. way better i i've liked everything she's touched i mean I, I'm, I'm not uh i'm not sad about this turn of events yeah no she did a she did a freaking and this was for like for school and she hates it now i still dig it like mm-hmm. and I, th- I think it's still on her website um she did a book cover for the uh just like a fan-made book cover for um for the Nick Hornby book, High Fidelity, which is one of my favorite books, like in my top five. It's my favorite movie. And um, man, I want to print that shit out and use it as the book cover for my copy of High Fidelity. I love it. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, we're done. All right. Good on you. Have a good That's night, well. y'all. I'm glad we all made it this far. Until next time. <laughs> Keep some DC on your screen. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free. 
including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC House Screen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. Forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Look around you, that car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If we go to page 11 in the presentation, you'll see that... (laughs) You'll see we're on target to meet our quarterly... Some things never change. Like nobody can resist (laughs) popping plastic bubbles. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. As I was saying, we're on target to meet. Excuse me, um, Miss Miss Hansen. Sorry, almost done. <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th.